Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to this My PA podcast. Before we start the episode, we've got a message from Tim Shopa. Greg, this is Tim Shopa. I enjoyed the heck out of the metal detector episode with Glory. Uh, yes, I've owned several metal detectors and uh, knowing a little about, about the electronics, the principle by which they work is a lot like a theremin. I believe the synth usage in the original factory showroom version. Uh, is a bit of a homage to the theremin-type sound you hear from the headphones in your real metal detector. Uh, but the most amazing version you played is the Coney Island recording from Cast Your Pod. The ambience on that recording is amazing. It's like I'm hearing a high school band playing it in a gymnasium in every good way possible. And for the fan covers, the band camp cover by uh, Anani Mason was my favorite. The Casio drum trick does the trick for me. Uh, totally away from the TMBG, there's this amazing British TV series called The Detectors. Yes, they're all obsessed with metal detectors, but it's also the most heartwarming tale of friendship you will ever see. Highly recommended. Wow, cool. Thanks for calling in, Tim. Uh, anybody can call in to get in the mailbag. It's 224-801-2930. And now on with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got a team here, a team this week, returning from different episodes. We've got Jared Pike, and we've got Alex Botkin to talk about Shoehorn With Teeth. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. He asks a girl if they can both sit in a chair, but he doesn't get nervous. She's not really there. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. Are we ready? Yeah, see, this song, <laughs> this song is big enough. It needs a team. It does. It is, it, it, you can't just do it justice with one person or even two. You need a whole menagerie I mean, to three, go over the implications of this song. Right? Three's a crowd. We need a crowd. I, I mean, at this point, like, almost, I feel like almost anything off of the first four albums is just, like, going to be a massive episode. It doesn't even matter what song it is. Um, Except poor Hot Cha, which I think oh, no. hasn't been claimed yet. Poor Hot Cha. I want someone to pick Hot Cha. I was trying to convince my friend to do Hot Cha for the, for the comp just because I can imagine just going real weird with that. Oh, oh no. It got claimed. Yay. Yeah. Matt from my pseudo covers band, The Exquisite Dead Guys. 
So, shoehorn with teeth off of Lincoln, but first, let's reintroduce you two, because, well, Jared, especially, it has been a while since you were on. It was pre-pandemic. It w- Yeah. In, in those joy-filled times. Because <laughs> you were here, you've, you were here in studio um, yes. for it, and you came in early enough that you have snagged a bunch of songs um, when I was, like, just like, no one's going to want to come on <laughs> in this show. You know, pick four songs. Sure. Or whatever. And now I'm like vetting people to pick one song. <laughs> well, not really vetting people, but I'm like. You put them to the test. I, <laughs> you must love them this much in order to do hot chaw. <laughs> you have, have waited since this. Well, you were. Okay. So it was episode. Uh, let's see. Lie still, little bottle was episode forty six, which yeah, was September twelfth were... of twenty nineteen. I guess. Yes. So, here's how long ago that was. I hadn't listened to anything recent or modern. You told me to look up. Uh, they're on Spotify now. You told me. There's this thing called <laughs> so, Spotify. Uh, I went on Spotify, <laughs> and the newest album then was I Like Fun. And at, on your recommendation, I listened to it. I said, Wow. This is pretty cool. This band is still good. I, they're yeah. still good. I, I, they're just like I remember. And since then, of course, they've had another album that is also on Spotify. Well, I, I mean, li- you're you're excluding the Escape Team and My Murdered Remains, and then the Headbook and the Pamphlet EP, which is only download only. It's not streaming. I, they just I well, don't know, they love doing that. Yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff even since then. So you've kept up with it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, but. I always like the classics and uh, have a lot of, we got a lot to say. I think you do too, Alex, about yeah, this song. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so then, Alex, you came on significantly later. Oh, what was the, it was, what was the it was date live, on that one? Oh, yeah, we, live we live in a, in a dump. dump. Of course, I, I got so lazy at one point, I wasn't even keeping. It, I mean, it was spring of 20. 2021? I think that sounds about right. I know it was at least a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I could check the feed, but I don't have it in front of me right now. Yeah. And But, yeah, but, I mean, even then, yeah, it's been like a year and a half. So, um, welcome back, both of you. Uh, it's awesome to have you both on. There was a, a, a mishap on my part because I am extremely, extremely disorganized. Uh, I mean, especially at the beginning of the podcast. So like in the double digit episodes, I mean, especially like mm-hmm. pre 50, I'm like still figuring out how to like prep guests, schedule, like remember everything. I mean, right now my Google Calendar has Thursday nights booked out to to November. Wow. Okay, so like, I have no problem getting guests, um, but keeping track of the guests, yeah, is the problem. Well, the, it's a lucky mistake yeah. because I don't know Alex, but we get a chance to kind of share this song mm-hmm. and bring together the way music does. It yeah. brings people together, right? This totally. is. Yeah, I, I love that, and I love, I mean, the TMBG fandom in general is just such a nice, such a nice fandom, just just very, I mean, for the most part, with very few exceptions, just very friendly, friendly folks. I mean, it's just uh, been so fun getting to know everyone 
getting more into the online community and then like specifically this this really tight TMBP community and uh yeah I just had two people meet in person well I met Averin Keating who lives in uh Oakland flew out here um to meet me and the family because we'd worked so much together on the podcast and we collaborated on music uh they came here and they were the one that were recording piano for this cover and my friend Dana who lives in Terre Haute Indiana you know it's only 90 minutes from here um came out so those like i'd met dana but i hadn't met avern avern hadn't met dana so we had a cool hangout and we recorded a cover together and uh yeah more escape team john postal uh or Juan postal depending um but yeah it's just awesome like seeing people mix it up like on facebook or twitter or whatever that didn't know each other before they came on the podcast separately and now they're mm-hmm. like friendly and stuff it's been super cool talking team bg and like or whatever else you know it's cool to see so welcome back both of you we're getting classic here i mean jared you did a classic the first time um and while for alex we live in a dump is i mean it's it's in the third decade of team bg's four decades so it's 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 a modern classic i don't know i mean 2007 um seems new in the grand scheme of things the band that's been together since 82 but still i mean already kind of old in its own right um i keep thinking about how gigantic is 20 years old so someone needs to make another documentary yeah it's almost a historic (laughs) document at this point (laughs) yeah i know look at look at flans he's just so baby-faced well and what gets me is that they recorded that on dv tape which really just makes me sick uh, yeah, the quality's know. not great. <laughs> mm-hmm. DV tape. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's uh, it's videotape, but tiny little tapes that you can... Uh, uh, it's, uh, like me and my friends were the, shooting our skate videos on in the 90s. Exactly. Uh, okay, and, and then so, it goes in the adapter to go into the VHS? Well, not quite. <laughs> not quite like not that. Not that bad. But uh, it's well done, but you're right. They, It was... They, there needs to be a more updated one. But the the thing I like about that movie is that is the part where they say that they are getting older and their fans are staying the same age. But you look out in the audience and they see it's they have stayed the same. And it's uh, it's kind of still true. Yeah. And you know, I know you recently turned forty. And now that Well, I'm about to turn forty one. Forty one. Okay. So now that we're both old men, I want to mention why I picked this song. Because there's many aspects of it that I fe- w- when you turn 40, you feel a need <laughs> to explain things to younger people of the way things used to be. You get this overwhelming urge to say, well, back in my day, we used to do this. Or they used to have this. We used to listen to music this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's many aspects to this song that require an explanation for a younger listener Starting with what a shoehorn is. <laughs> because I remember my dad had one. Yes, really? I've never had one. My dad had one. No teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. He had a shoehorn. I mean, I don't know. I guess for older dress shoes, they're more uh, well, yeah, constrictive. Let- I don't know. There's not any of the elasticity of the... The opening, I don't know, the foot opening. What do yeah. you call parts of a shoe? So you got for, the sole, you got the laces, I don't know what else. By way of explanation, a shoehorn is when they used to make shoes out of leather, 
they did not stretch until you wore them for five years or whatever. Right. So you bought them small, and then to get your foot actually in the shoe required a tool. It required a big piece of wood like a like a crowbar almost. You'd stick your toes in and then stick this shoehorn in and and sit your heel down on the shoehorn and stretch the shoe out mm. to fit the back of your heel in. And that's how people put shoes until we got new materials that you said are more stretchy and mm-hmm. it seems kind of foolish now. But they used to be one of these in every closet in every household. Yeah, my dad's just kind of looked like this, except I think it was either it was maybe brass. But uh, and yeah, that no, was the funniest thing. Yeah, there's no reason for it to have teeth. So that's why the name of the song makes no sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder what's... Uh, I mean, do you think kids these days... I mean, Alex, how old are you now? 25. <laughs> Fucking crap. I know. So, um, saying, did you know, like, when you first heard this song, did you know what a shoehorn I'm sorry, was? I should have asked I, you if you... I did, actually. We, we have one that has, like, the big pole on it, and it would just sit there, and I kind of... I remember there's a video of me when I'm two-ish, and you can hear the song playing in the background. And so it was definitely kind of the shoehorn thing. I knew it from this song and then probably thought, oh, it's just the They Might Be Giants thing that they just make in real life just without the teeth part. (laughs) And so They invented it. It's a merch item. It's an (laughs) IFC-only item. Which is a great idea if they ever hear this. That's true. They're missing a trick by not making their Uh, own. But yeah, we had one that had like the long pole so you didn't have to kneel down and you could just put your foot in and just yeah. do yeah, it. Yeah, here's a long one. You can get six bucks on Amazon. You can get this shorter one here. That's true. That's the other uses if you're, the short if you're a senior and can't bend down. To yeah. It. That's the other usage of it. You're yeah. Right. yeah. So, I so. mean, maybe we're going to need them pretty soon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> can't bend over. Back in my day. <laughs> That's you just, kids bend yeah. over to put your shoes on? I mean, it's mostly van slip hunts for me now anyway, so <laughs> yeah. just don't need a shoehorn. Just jam, jam my old foot in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Alex, you heard this song when you were two years old? Or it was yeah, playing? Yeah, so my, my dad especially um, became a They Might Be Giants fan probably around flood lincoln era and so he played a lot of their stuff for me when i was pretty young because it was it i think was in a weird way before he knew that the kid albums and actually at that point in 1999 most of the kids albums didn't really exist so it was kind of the most approachable thing for me to listen to in terms of like rock type music and that song with the glockenspiel and everything I just gravitated towards, I think, because it was similar to, like, a couple recordings of the turkey and the hay kind of thing. Like, it's very almost like, yeah. <laughs> My Glock's right like over a, here. It's right off camera. <laughs> not lullaby, but, like, very, like, sing-songy kind of simplistic quality that I think, before I understood anything that they were talking about, yeah, it just was more appealing than some of the other more loud, raucous kind of stuff, and... Uh, and then, it does kind of sound like a yeah. kid's song already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there's there's an appeal for every age for this kind of song, which is why it's so timeless. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, I, it's one of those that I've now turned into like the kind of calling card of weirdness of when people started to hear, like, hear They Might Be Giants. Like, oh, you need to hear this one. If you like <laughs> this, you'll like everything. But this yeah. one's just kind of like... 
this it feels like it encapsulates so much of what the band is about in just one short little fun thing. Agreed. This is kind yeah. of the Agreed. shibboleth, you exactly. know. If you if you do this song and you don't get weird stares, yeah, then you <laughs> then you know. All right, this this person's one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, man, I gotta make that meme for uh, for they might be giants. I just in a shoegaze group I'm in. Do you guys watch? I think you should leave. No, I've seen a little With bit Tim of Tim Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, basically, there's a sketch about the in a parking lot, and it shows this guy just like gets off a phone call. He's oh man, he's backing out, and his minivan's blocking his way. And then he's like, I'm going around this asshole, and the minivan like swerves and like just keeps like jolting forward. It's like, what's the matter? Don't you know how to fucking drive? And Tim Robbins sticks his head. It's like, no. What? <laughs> no, I don't know how to fucking drive. I don't know what any of this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. <laughs> and it goes on like that. And it's hysterical, but it's like. Yeah, the, the meme was just like, I mean, yeah, it could be like me when I introduce people to They Might Be Giants. I don't know what any of this shit is. Yeah. And I'm fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you let them listen to like, I don't know, what would, you know, Rabid Child Rabbit or Child. something. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the metal version of Robot Parade or something. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. is happening right now? <laughs> would highly recommend that show, by the way. But anyway, um, you know, before we get too deep into the Lincoln song, we got to play people uh, the demo, the Dial-A-Song from the Power of Dial-A-Song bootleg from question marks. Um, so <laughs> I love when the wiki is a question mark. Like, yeah. and it's, that's really deep trivia. Not even the brain, the collaborative brain of the MIP Giants knows, knows that. How's the person who made it originally never been like, someone's like, have you seen this wiki thing? Oh, yeah, I did this compilation there. I just held, you know put all these things. Together. What year did they put that together? I don't know. You'd think mm-hmm. we would know by now, but we yeah. don't. So let's play the uh, Dial-A-Song version of Shoehorn with Teeth. Thoughts on the, that? The, the lack of like Glockenspiel is very <laughs> yes. disturbing. It's disturbing. like you're waiting for some, waiting for it to creep up on you and hit you behind. Just wham! It's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you get so used to it. I wonder, like, uh, yeah, it just almost seems like it's a, totally a Pavlov different atmosphere. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's actually <laughs> it's interesting of what you were talking about of like the robot parade with the metal version and that kind of thing. Like it, it changes the whole like energy of the song to be this more kind of almost dark 
kind of weird twisted thing instead of the, having the the uplifting like bing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also feels kind of like when you really feel a sneeze coming on, but then it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here comes. Uh, oh god. Ah, it's not. It's like, you don't get that satisfying release of the Glockenspiel. Yeah, I, 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 I shudder to think if they left it like that with no Glockenspiel, we wouldn't be talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. If it was just that demo version, Boo! As, as good as it is, it would not be where it is today. With that, that and, and I don't know who came up with it. Uh, well, look who's credited <clears throat> with the Glockenspiel on the wiki. Unknown. 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 <laughs> well... And yeah, for all we flans. know, it could, be it could have been synthesized, too. It could have been not a real glockenspiel. I know you're How a glockenspiel expert. so I got, I got brass mallets and nylon mallets. I'm, I'm a serious glock player. I have two kinds of mallets. Yeah, now hit it with the nylon. Let's see. <laughs> mm. what, what do you think, Alex? Which one? I think... Coming through the laptop. It, just, it sounds like, yeah, my text tone on my laptop. <laughs> yeah. I just mm-hmm. think you have it over there, just pressing the button. Yeah. Well, it's my- a group text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when my mom starts texting me in the middle of this episode, that's what we'll be hearing. <laughs> yeah. John, John Flansburg just had the first iPhone and it just kept going off during the original recording. Strategically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the right time. We need to yeah, replicate so- that. They, the fact that they brought this into the studio and somebody somewhere says, when it gets to that point, we need a thing. And that's just the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I love the Glockenspiel. And I know, I mean, for, for the young punks, there have been some people that brought the Glockenspiel back. I mean, actually, in the earlier aughts, um, it's a band called Los Campesinos. Are we familiar with Los Campesinos? Mm-hmm. This Welsh band. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, there's one of the guys that sings in that band, his primary instrument, I mean, besides vocals, is glockenspiel. There's glockenspiel over everything, like really hyperactive parts. Hmm. And then we got like, uh, I know you know who Jeff Rosenstock is. You know yeah. who Jeff Rosenstock is? No. Okay, so Bomb the Music Industry, Jeff Rosenstock. I mean, there's glockenspiel like to be found all over his stuff. And I love it because it cuts through a mix like crazy, like... Mm-hmm. You got like the EQ of the, the the range of the cymbals, and then the glockenspiel is like sitting up there with that. So like, no matter how many layers of guitar I put on something, that glockenspiel yeah. can still cut through yeah. and like double a melody. One of my favorite things to do is to do uh, piano melody with glock and octave up. It's one of my favorite things. Well, and that's why they picked it as the text tone. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, no matter it. what's going on, if you're on the subway or if your people are loud, you can hear that ding go off on your phone. So, and nothing else around you sounds like that. Like if it was yes. just like boom, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, what the fuck was that?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What it's not that a was. trombone. <laughs> it's not a timpani <laughs> drum. Yeah, my, my mother-in-law just she loves the birds tweeting f- phone ring. Oh, her mm. phone rings. Oh. And I just, I can't stand oh. it. Like I need it to actually sound. I mean, again, we're old. I need a phone to sound like a phone. <laughs> I don't want it to sound like someone strumming the banjo real. Yeah, you know, real heartily. <laughs> these kids today, these parents today. <laughs> well, should we do the music first or the words? Oh, I mean, you were already kind of heading into the words like right off the bat. We were surprisingly like on task after the I intro. Know. 
I'm it sorry. It's it's my background well, <laughs> in television is to get to the point of things. Yeah, you know, I only have got to get to the commercial break. That's it. I've got five minutes to talk about this. And and now we got to hear from me undies and four. blue apron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> got the clock in my head going. Okay, we're almost there. I've got my lovely patrons, but I haven't had any advertisers come knocking. I mean, Punk News runs advertisements, but they don't run any on any of our podcasts. Um, yeah, the weekly show just hit 600 episodes. Jello Biafra on uh, just came out today. He is a cool guy to listen to. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jello? I do know Jello okay, Biafra. Okay, all yes. right, good. I know you're not. As <laughs> much if it's in the 20th century, I'm pretty rock, good. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. 21st, I'm a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's. Well, I don't know. We've also talked about the Glockenspiel. We've we've broken sure. the ice on both of those. Well, let's, let's talk about the music. Music. Uh, the let's see if we can orchestrate this. It starts with two berries. Am I hearing that right? Uh, the wiki has a tenor credited as uh. well. I mean, tenors can get pretty low. I I, I believe it. But basically, two saxes and an accordion. That's the mm-hmm. orchestration. There's no percussion apart from the Glockenspiel. And there's no guitar. Yeah. Uh, so it's, by its very nature, it sounds like a brass band song. It sounds like something that is meant to be played while marching down the main street of your town. It does. Or playing in a gazebo in your town. Or, you know, or at a summer camp. That's what I thought of. Like, this sounds like camp, yeah. the, an anthem that everyone at a summer <laughs> camp sings at the end when they're all headed home. They all sing the... The summer camp song or whatever. They march around. They got their own homemade flags. Yeah. Yes, the exactly. There's a shoehorn on the flag. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it does feel like it. Yeah, that marching quality. Like I'm just feeling like, oh, if I were going to conduct it, like the dork that I am, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two. Like you could count it in four, but it feels like you know that left. Yeah, right, left, left, right, left, right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Despite not having any percussion. Can you imagine like a bunch of army guys in basic training <laughs> singing this? They're marching down the <laughs> one, two, three, four. What the hell are we fighting for? Shoehorns. <laughs> Alex, what do you think about the music? Yeah, I think I think it's great, and I think part of what kind of lends itself with that quality is the kind of openness to interpretation, and not to not to jump to the other ver- live versions, but they've changed it in various ways and because it's so sort of sparse and has that kind of just i want to say like umpaf sort of feel almost it lends itself to i think uh in 2019 on their tour when they played in san francisco one of the two nights they played it as well and sort of the kind of changing of it allows it you know the sparseness with they had the trumpet and that sort of stuff and it still worked really well and um it also is sort of a horn sound that is very, you know, sounds like a horn, but also sounds like it could be going in the direction of, like, synthesized horn, how it's sort of processed. And it it mm. is very non-aggressive, kind of works in the background. The lyrics are kind of the centerpiece, and it's just a very... Uh, non it's not like big band massive huge kind of trebly brass it's very like focused mm-hmm. and it, it's almost a, it's a very rare way to hear brass being done and sort of like especially in 
kind of that world where you're looking at like ska and that kind of thing in a similar era. It's more sort of subdued and sure. Sort well, of, if you're gonna get yeah. technical, actually, <laughs> well, saxophones actually. are members of the Woodwind family. <laughs> okay, so there is no brass on this song. Yeah, but they're made of the brass. Woodwind. They are made of brass, and that's the confusion. And shoehorns are made of wood. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, they just it's, it's that a, they don't shoehorn in the reed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the hardness on this thing is like what what number of hardness is that? Well, I and um, I like uh, to your point, the the part of the song where they both both saxes go high. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear a baritone saxophone play a high note is a really weird sound, you know. Yeah, it, it's cool. Like the saxophone is like for being a brass guy. See, I mean, what actually makes a brass instrument is, a is the guy. mouth is the mouthpiece. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what actually makes it is the mouthpiece. If you're not going into it, it's not a brass instrument, right? Um, but uh, saxophones are so like I, I don't know the word that comes to mind is malleable. Like you can mm-hmm. really there are big ranges on every saxophone has a really big range and a, and like saxophones have a octave key right behind your thumb and so when you're listening to a song with saxophones you could be like what kind of sax is that like people who really know saxes you know you might say like i mean obviously like soprano sax thing like Kenny G or whatever <laughs> but like alto saxes sound a little brighter and then tenors a little more mellow and, you know, I mean, and berries are pretty easy to tell, but then sometimes, you know, Linnell will bust out the bass saxophone and you're like, is that a berry or a bass? Um, but like a berry, because <clears throat> like Joe, well, Joe, the damn, my goddamn friend who moved to Utah, because Outdoor Valor had a berry, uh, berry sax player and for four years, and then another guy who played alto and tenor. So I love this. I had them go tenor and berry harmonies like just close like thirds like that because the tenor can get pretty low the bear can get pretty high so they can do these close harmonies but just like they got that slightly different timbre but that baritone you you kick in the octave key and it can it can get up there so yeah. there's a lot of overlap between the four five i mean the four main <laughs> saxes you rarely see bass saxophone but that is one of my favorite they might be giants press photos where <laughs> I think Flans has like two trumpets hanging from yes. his head. Yes. And else is like leaning up against this bass sax that's as tall as he is. <laughs> it's it's a it's an impressive looking instrument. Well, and <clears throat> we talked about this on the Lie Still episode how when you go to see them live, m- many bands you go to see, not many will have a berry sax or certainly not a bass sax. Yeah, not rock bands. I and mean, and really. so when I saw them and, and they played Lie Still Little Bottle with the giant stick, that was very memorable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to forget this. Yeah. And the same thing with this song. If you see, um, I mean, he, I guess he plays, a, well, now he plays keyboards, and uh, now they have their own backing brass section to do the the other stuff. But it's Lazy bastard. <laughs> and the glockenspiel. To farm everything out. And uh, Yeah, Marty comes up and plays a couple notes. Yeah, I mean... It's there was quite a progression of uh, maybe we save this for the live bit of no, oh, it's, it's you know say, say what you're gonna say yeah I mean when they do this back. live just for the benefit I don't know if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it but this is kind of the break of the show where they they you know give everyone a break and do this the drummer comes down from the platform and brings a Glockenspiel with him 
Mm-hmm. I think it was Brian Doherty who started it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, they do this song, and he hits just one note. He hits that. And uh, everybody cheers, goes crazy. Well, tell them what note it is. Tell it, the listeners. It is an A. A natural. Uh, I don't know which, which A is it. That's more your territory. Oh, uh, like what number octave? I think it would be like an A6. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But anyway. It's high. So it's, it's a centerpiece of their live shows. And when we get to the live bits, uh, there, as you said, Alex, there are many variations of it. And uh, that's one of the that's one of the bits I love about it is uh, I see you got some photos of them. I was well, yeah. I'm definitely going to post when I put the episode up photos of shoehorns. Oh yes, of course, <laughs> uh, and of Glockenspiels. And at my my former school, I've just changed jobs, but we had one of these vintage. The I'm trying bits. to see if there was a special name for. It. I mean, they call it a. a Marching. I mean, a marching. I guess I don't. Know how, I don't know how you would march with that, unless you had you a. You just big... hold it up on your shoulders. I like... mean, well, it has because the one we had too. It has like a apparatus, like you could put it on. I mean, you put it on a stand, like mm. you know, Marty's playing. It's vertical. It's a vertical Glockenspiel, which is not usually how you see them anymore. They just look flat out, like you know, xylophone <clears throat> style. But yeah, I, I was thinking there might be some special name to that kind of scroll curvy looking thing behind it but i can't seem to figure it out alex have you ever played glockenspiel no i it was funny when you when you were talking about the the most recent album that my band just recorded we use glockenspiel on almost everything to do exactly the doubling stuff but yeah uh not one of the these curved i've never seen this the like you have the like scroll type things Mm mm-hmm yeah, vintage marching band glockenspiel. How, oh, this one's got tassels coming off <laughs> the curved parts. Ooh, that's the picture I'm showing. Wait, where'd it go? Oh, Greg's here. looking at porn now. Oh, Glock porn. Here, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Percussion nerd. Oh, that one's got red tassels. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, would you have something like around your waist? It almost makes me think of, I mean... Yeah, yeah like all a, percussions got well, like, like a like the, the flag holder. They'd the, have the flag, flag holder, and instead yeah. of a flag, it's a Glockenspiel. How about that? That could be it. Yeah. I'd love to find a picture a, of someone actually marching there? with it. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Screws in. Yeah, it's got the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's got the thread screws into the bottom. This one's in pretty good shape. Even those tassels, it looks like. Yeah, it's got some red ponytails coming off it. <laughs> That's real nice. The one mouth's kind of bent, but still. You're on eBay looking for Glockenspiels. Uh-huh. This is hundred and thirty three dollars. This, yeah. this is the world we're living in. <clears throat> yeah, there it is. On uh, it, it's got a stick. You're talking about another <laughs> stick related <laughs> team. Be- <laughs> That's the stick. Stick, stick, stick. That's the wrong stick. That's a Glockenspiel stick. Yeah. Yeah. I well, love that Glock. I got that for free from a friend who was in. I mean, he still drums. But like, just like my percussionists, I would have them banded. They get the percussion kit. I make them learn. They need to learn how to read treble clef. Mm-hmm. I mean, you glockenspiel may look wimpy to like a sixth grader, but like xylophone, marimba, vibes, like that stuff is cool as shit. You gotta learn the mallet instruments. Mm-hmm. So, but he, yeah, he wasn't playing it anymore. You know, he was long into adulthood and past school band. He's like, oh, found this in the basement. You want it? Yes. 
Radiohead. That's who else used one. Oh, yeah. Mm. On uh, No Surprises. Yeah. And, I mean, if I really thought about it. Yeah, we could make a list. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. Like, anyway. What the most notable uses of. That's another episode. Are. Well, here's where I drop in a montage in post. <laughs> I'll figure it out. No, I don't know. So I, I love, I also love the sound of, cause the accordion is one of those instruments where even I'm not sure what instrument family it would be in. And I've actually asked other musicians what they think, what, what family it would be in. Cause I mean, piano is a percussion instrument because yeah. of the percussive quality of the hammers hitting the strings on the inside. But for some reason, the harpsichord is also put into the percussion family, despite them being plucked like a violin, the plucking mechanism. Fair enough. But an accordion has reeds on the inside. Double reed. <clears throat> Tons of reeds. Yeah. Hundreds of reeds. And it depends on the, the size of the accordion. Um, but so, you know, saxophone's got reeds. Accordion's got reeds. You know, you're... The accordion's a lot like a harmonica, actually. It's just instead of you breathing through it, you're pumping air over the reeds. I mean, I think what like you're accordion's saying, a woodwind. What you're saying is that accordion is in a class of its own. Yeah. A category yeah, that defies do. explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it likes to play by its own rules. <laughs> it crosses those boundaries. An iconoclast. It's, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But saxes and accordions sound so good together. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to me and, and cool how the Johns have never been a band like, well, I'm the guitarist. There's got to be guitar on every song, obviously, right? Where you'll still, to this day, I mean, back then and to this day, you'll see songs where it's like, huh, Flans isn't even on this track. I mean, that happens <laughs> now that, you know, they have, you know, Miller around. There will be times where if it's a Linnell track... That's like mostly keys. Maybe there's a little guitar thing, and it's Miller and Flynn's just like not on the track. But I think in this case, Flansburg probably loves it. I'm guessing Linnell wrote this song, and Flansburg and Linnell split verses, which is a thing they don't do anymore. Yeah, uh, I wish they did. Mm. I wish they were more songs where Linnell does one verse and Flans does another. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's pretty rare to begin with. Uh, What's the other one I'm blanking on? And then the third one, they sing together. Yeah. So that's it's like the perfect combination. Oh, hope that I get old before I die. They, oh, yeah. they do the oh, yeah. switching verses too. Clear off the kitchen table. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, so he they probably loved, well, out of, after, I don't know, a thousand performances of this, I don't know how much they love it. <laughs> yeah, how many times have they done this? It has been a lot. 433 known performances. Wow. I just did the recorded the metal detector episode. Guess how many times they play metal detector? Probably twice. Eight. Thirty-seven times. Oh wow. wow! Okay. You you win. Price is right. I, I thought honestly, I thought it would have been way higher because that one, again, maybe it's more of a fan favorite than a John's favorite. Mm. But that's a good point. See, if they didn't like this song, they wouldn't perform it so often. Mm-hmm. But I think they really like it because yeah. it gives them a chance to kind of calm down and do not the quiet storm type of calm down, but just kind of get a different vibe going. Yeah, get the full drums out of it for a second. <clears throat> yeah. you know, we'd like to bring it down for a bit. <laughs> this one's a ballad we wrote. We want to play called Shoehorn with Teeth. Dip in our back catalog for a moment. Yeah. Just explore yeah. some of the deep cuts. Everybody grab your partner. 
Hold them real tight. <laughs> For shoehorn with teeth. I think that's that's something so great about hearing stuff like this live, as as you pointed out, of they they you know, with how many songs they have, they just do what they want to do and it's yeah, it is a testament to they play what they want to play and the song that kinda comes to mind of uh not being that like I've got a match when they did the Lincoln tour and left that out mm. and things like that. And so even when they brought it back for the, the twenty nineteen tour seeing, oh, they still like this still not only they like playing it, but it still stands like as something that's not too I don't want to say stupid, but you know, after a while something really goofy might kind of wear on you and be like, Oh, this again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's so kind of brilliantly non sequitur that it just it never tires it's kind of like how they they say the taste of coca-cola never gets old because there's not really a defining flavor this song mm-hmm. never gets old because it's huh. just kind of something what a metaphor yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that was something big then. stops on it but, yeah, yeah. i like that yeah especially with the unearthed have you heard the leaked 99 demo tape the leaked tape that just surfaced of what Mm -mm. it's of a whole smattering of stuff they it's they think a lot of it's from the factory showroom era it's a lot of like john linnell demos and stuff but then there's all these coca-cola songs Mm -hmm. that i think they were hired by coca-cola to do a couple jingles and coke didn't like them enough and they didn't get used go to the miscellaneous tea facebook group i think it's in the downloads tab like just november of last year Someone found it, wow. Wow. and they think it's some some engineer that worked uh, at Electra, hmm. um, or for whatever studio they were at. So um, Dunkin' Donuts bought into it, but Coca Cola did not. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, the yeah, speaking of Glockenspiels, I'm not even looking at the trivia right here. Um, so the why does it sun? Why does the sunshine? Of course, that one has the Glock on it too. Original. Yeah, the the slow the one. slow one has Glock. And uh, so they had it with them for for Brian Doherty to play. And so I'll just just quote from the wiki here. After a while, the band decided to goof on the audience by making a big show of bringing out the glockenspiel and make them think that they were going to play one song and then actually playing another unexpected song, which was not previously in the live set. What made it even more comical is the fact that the replacement song only used glockenspiel for three notes. The tradition was handed off to Dan Hickey. And the band continued to make a big show of introducing the song whenever it was played. Uh, right up until the Glockenspiels retired and given away to a young fan at a show in 2002. But that's just that fancy one. I mean, he's, Marty's, they, they, they still, still use do one. it. Yeah. yeah, are they talking about the, the old fancy one that they... I, well, I don't know and, if that's one Conan. specific Glockenspiel, but I'm sure there's many. And yeah. in the Conan clip we're going to play later, I mean, that was promoting No, so that was around 2002 as well. Yeah. Isn't it the fancy one in that video? Well, and I, I remember one? they did it also on the Screensavers, which is an old TV show, and, and they didn't have... Flansburg literally had a desk bell on his hand, and that's what he hit. <laughs> that's funny, too. So you could, you could really do it with anything. Yeah. <laughs> the Da Vinci's Notebook song, they, they do... Uh, shoot, what is it? Like they use like a math brass mouthpiece with no instrument in it. Oh yeah, just the duck sound. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you could put yeah. anything in there, but the the glockenspiel is really the OG. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? The note. Okay, so the last wiki thing says the note hit on the glockenspiel is an A, recorded with a B flat note. What does that mean? The tape is modulated. 
why? Why would they do I that? Yes. Also, how would you how would you prove that that? Huh? <laughs> that I don't, I don't know how much sense that makes, or unless it was a. somebody literally said that. I don't know how you would figure that out, especially Weird. in a pre-digital era. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it does mention that uh, if there's not a glockenspiel that Marty has used three desk bells. On a two by four block, <laughs> or a bell symbol hanging on a piece of rope. I've seen, I've seen that. Mm. Um, man, it's, <laughs> it's funny. And and then there's one uh, live one that we'll listen to that just has someone hitting a drum very hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, you know, we didn't see this. We did, haven't read this big first trivia bit. This thing that just came out again in 2021, getting new info on the song. Dan Spockster, cool name, was a friend of the Johns, apparently. And in the Miscellaneous T Facebook group, he dropped some knowledge on us. And I think Radio Man should read it. <coughs> okay. Just read the whole thing. Why not? For people sure. that maybe they've looked at the wiki a couple of years ago and haven't seen this because it's a relatively new addition to the knowledge. Base. Okay. Hear this in the voice of Dan Spockster. <laughs> whoever he is. Okay, so I knew the Johns growing up in Massachusetts. We had a mutual friend, a New York kid I met in summer camp who was very funny, kind of a prankster, a very irreverent sense of humor. We all had these common interests in underground comics, music like Zappa and Beefheart, comedy like Firesign Theater, etc. Anyway, I would go visit him when we were teens in New York City. He had this gag I watched him do where he would go into a shoe store and ask if they carried shoehorns. <laughs> the clerks would pull out boxes and show him what they had, and my friend would say, yeah, no, this isn't the kind I'm looking for. Now, some of these stores had quite a selection. It's New York, right? So they'd had everything from the cheap plastic shoehorns that only cost a quarter, all the way up to fancier ones with long handles made out of real animal horn or engraved mm-hmm. sterling silver or whatever. <laughs> so the clerks would be showing him stuff, completely stumped. What kind are you looking for, kid? And my friend would say, you know, the kind with teeth. <laughs> The kind that have teeth on them. That kind. (laughs) And these clerks would have all kinds of reactions. Everything from, I've never heard of that, to, there's no such thing, to, can you describe it better? The whole time, I'm trying not to crack up. But the basic idea was to see how long you could keep the gag going until the clerk got frustrated and threw us out of the store. So I shared the story with Linnell, and he thought it was funny, I guess, because he didn't forget it. He wrote the song probably at least a decade later. Mm. The part about people being beat up for stating their beliefs <laughs> is just a classic Linnell non sequitur of the type he's been spinning out since he was at least nine years old when we first met. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, the New York City kid responsible for the prank is Eric Drucker, who is now a pretty renowned illustrator slash artist in his own right. Eric Drucker. <clears throat> yeah. So this guy has his own Wikipedia page. Dang. The original shoehorn with teeth guy, Eric Drucker. <laughs> He's been a frequent cover artist on The New Yorker. Dang. So <clears throat> it started out as a joke, is what he's saying, is as <sighs> an intentional non sequitur shoehorn with teeth. And to see how long you could keep it going with a straight face. I want to see if this link takes it right to. Okay. All right. So we're actually on the Facebook comment. I don't know if there's anything else worth mentioning here. Well, first, <laughs> so someone posts, uh, 
I don't know, something about uh, singing shoehorn with teeth to their baby. And then this guy, Dan Spockster, just says, I know the story behind the song. And then just, <laughs> that's it. And then people Boom. are like, come on. And then Alex Reed, who co-wrote the 33 and the third on Flood, mm. is like, uh, you can't tell us. <laughs> and you listen. <laughs> so then, yeah, and then that whole long thing that you just read. That's, Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So it has quite a long and distinguished history, even back to the 70s. Yeah. Can you imagine a nine-year-old John Linnell? <laughs> oh, no. What a little scamp. What a precocious little scamp. <laughs> in New York City. Well, no. They were in Massachusetts, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. They could still be playing stickball out in the alley <laughs> of Lincoln, Massachusetts. <laughs> hey, guys, you want to go play stickball? Because that's how old they are. <laughs> No. All right, so let's talk about the lyrics. Sure. That Why not? They start with non sequiturs. Yeah. Oh boy. That yeah, people should get beat up for stating their beliefs. Yeah. That's just <laughs> I mean, if you I get well and like we were saying, like I think Alex was using it said like if you play this for something, it's almost like a test mm-hmm. to whether they're gonna like the band at all. And like if you don't get at least, you know, cracking a smile, you know, to that line. Yeah. Be like this person doesn't have the correct sense of humor. <laughs> you know, not just the same sense of humor. They don't have the correct sense of humor. You won't like this band. Well, and it kind of he's he goes he comes back to this well for uh, I should be allowed to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should be allowed to glue my poster. It's kind of the same thing, right? Uh, yeah. You should. Uh, but. The thing is, they make it in the third person. He wants a shoehorn. It starts right off with he. So they kind of establish a character. Eric Drucker. <laughs> without saying it directly. Yeah. And so it's about this kind of other guy. Mm-hmm. And this other guy goes through all these adventures. And uh, <laughs> like being in a heavy metal band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I, that's, that's one of my favorite lines because it reminds me of Wile E. Coyote. Yeah, just kind like, of yeah. running off the cliff and then not realizing he's run off the cliff. Right. You, you, your, your plane ran out of gas, and so it just is stuck. Gotta keep stuck going. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah. I, and having an imaginary girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a weird... I want to hear your guys' interpretation, he, if they can both sit in a chair. What is... I mean, there are several different ways you can take that. Well, to me, it was always just like... You know, young couples that aren't afraid of showing their affection so much in public. Yeah, like, you know, girlfriend sitting in the in the guy's lap. Yeah, you know, as they cuddle. You know, because that's that's a weird that's a weird thing to ask. I always (laughs) I always viewed it like uh, nervous about like picturing like a just normal like dining room chair or plastic (laughs) chair and just not being Mm -hmm. nervous about like falling or breaking. Because mm. the person's not actually there, I think. I think you could interpret it both ways. Of is is he nervous about asking, or is he nervous about the act of actually sitting there with the the fake person, or it, hmm. or just it's easier to ask that. someone that's not a real person, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or what about musical chairs? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're down. You know, there's that one chair. Who's gonna get it? He's Can we both uh, sit in it? Uh, <laughs> that's true. And then whoever's running the game says, you can't. That's No, it's not <laughs> how the game works. The game will never end if you're doing that. 
I mean, he's a guy who's of, run musical you chairs think before. The, the song is just a metaphor for, for everything about life. I mean, he only wants the shoehorn with teeth because he can't have it. Mmm. Yeah, we want what we can't have. Yeah. Now with 3D printers, though. That's true. <laughs> I'm shocked that I'm sure someone has somewhere. Yeah, there's got. I'm just going to look up shoehorn with teeth and I, do an image search. Anything pictured that's it not, like, um, you know. Like little, like just extra grabby things to help, like keep the sock in place. Yeah, because I I always thought right. it's possible that it just exists when mm. I first heard the song. Like, oh yeah, that I mean that in the adult world that has to be real. I don't know. Right, because well, if it actually had teeth, you'd be standing on the teeth and you'd yeah, poke it, holes in it your. It would foot. hurt. Yeah, as you try to, because you got to get the shoehorn out once your heel's in the yeah. shoe. To, like the transfer there, you'd scrape yourself. But so, but that's other... what I always thought too. But then it wasn't until like the the online fandom and memes and YouTube videos and whatever else that I would see the fans put like actual human teeth. Yeah. Like <laughs> I see images. I did not think that at all. Well, here, is... right, me neither. See here, this is right oh, here. Oh gosh. And that one's not even well done. It's just like there's just like lips and th- just a picture of someone's smile on. That's... An image of the shoehorn. Yeah, but I'm not getting any actual shoehorns with teeth. Um, Yeah. So, but you're right. You could 3D print it nowadays. Yeah. If you wanted to, if you had any (laughs) any earthly reason to. (laughs) What 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 other lyrics do we need to? I mean, you know, there's not really that many lyrics in this song. And again, that kind of lends itself to that childlike quality. Like, it's a a very easy song to memorize, to learn quickly. Yeah, because they Um, do the chorus three, like three and a half times. Yeah, three and a half, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're right. Everybody can sing it. And uh, it's catchy as hell. Yeah. (laughs) They did, they unintentionally were preparing for lives as children's song. Authors, yeah. and singers. Mm-hmm. I mean, why does the sunshine too? I mean, in that first version, especially, just it sounds like a kid's song. Yeah, and and yes, it's a cover. And I've done the episode on that was a long time ago. Um, but God, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, that we can name a bunch of them. You know, mammal. I yeah, mean, they were cut out to do kids' songs, memorable songs, <clears throat> not just you know informational, but memorable. Repetition, <laughs> repetition mm-hmm. legitimizes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we haven't talked about the third verse. What's the sense in ever thinking about the tomb when you're much too busy returning to the womb? I always took this to be about sex. Yeah. What do we think? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was unsure if it would go there. But yeah, I think it's. Yeah, what's the point of worrying about being dead if you're. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or I, it could be like you're acting like a baby. Yeah. Well, right. I gotta say, what as, do you think? As a Christian, I have a different perspective on this because that's actually a quote from John, where Jesus asks Nicodemus, "You know, you must be born again." And Nicodemus says, "How can a person be born again? Does he go into his mother's womb another time?" So uh-huh. they they're taking this thing, which they might have heard somebody say in their Catholic schools or whatever they went to in Massachusetts. And then turning it around, thinking about the tomb when you're much too busy returning to the womb. Hmm. So, okay. thinking about death, and you're much too busy being born again. Hmm. Okay, this but, yeah, it does sound very religious now that you're thinking about because tomb is one of those words where you think you're thinking old. You know, yeah, you wouldn't say, you know, I gotta go visit my grandfather's tomb today. It's the anniversary of his death. 
<laughs> you know, that's not, you know, you're thinking about like Egyptian mummies, right? Right. Uh, or, yeah, or the tomb, right. And, he rolled and, uh, the rock away. But he's saying, what's the sense? So in other words, naturally, this guy is thinking about death because yeah. it's John Linnell. Yeah, he's thinking, thinking about, about death. What's the sense in thinking about the tomb? <laughs> like, everybody is thinking about death all the time, aren't they? Right? Right? I'm seeing looking around. Once you get around, up right? to our age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you're past 40, that's it, you know. That's why I wear wrist guards when I Enjoy skate now. Enjoy these times, Alex, I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't think about the tomb. I will yeah. so. <laughs> just Just continue <laughs> returning to the womb. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. Just, so yeah, I I dare not. I did not look at the interpretations tab because I know there's going to be there's going to be all sorts of wackos in there. And, and these old songs, it's out of control. Like yeah. if you even click over to it, you're just like, holy fuck! Oh, there's only six. Wow, hmm. I'm surprised. Oh, oh no, oh no, there's way more oh. than that. There's six main categories. Oh my goodness! Please make of it go interpret- away. <laughs> of uh, interpretation uh, topics. Yeah, the Mandela effect. Psychology of a fascist society. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Yeah, that's that's the we're in the weird part of the internet now. On occasion, it's yeah. Like I'll I'll usually go into it when guests bring it up, but I yeah. It I mean I mean it's good for a laugh a lot it's of the funny. time. Yeah, people. The one that's <clears throat> like talking about how people are more bold on the web, probably insinuating like Reddit in a song yeah, that existed. Right. <laughs> 20 years before that. Wait, which one is where are you see <laughs> the this one? in at the very first one the that is the but he doesn't get nervous she's not really there. People tend to be a lot bolder on the web since they're not actually facing the person they're hurling insults at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? This is this is true okay. reader response. They invented okay. shoehorn with teeth, shoehorns with teeth and the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the person does say it, it predates it a long way. It's eerily pretentious of the state of anti-progressive uh, ideology on the web. Holy moly. Um, think about the last time you saw some closet racists arguing on Twitter. Um, yeah, okay. So okay. that's where, I mean, people just, I mean, hell, I can't talk really. I'm doing, I've sunk so much of my life into this podcast at this point. You know, it's been going for four years, but like, it's, I mean, for what? for songs like this, just the we. I already mentioned it to you. Just like just sifting through live versions and yeah. and little little uh, you know rabbit holes about you know Glockenspiels <laughs> or whatever you know. So and you know and we're making our interpretations, but some people really go out on a limb. I mean, these well, are the kind of people where Flanes and Linnell are sometimes like. Occasionally, you'll hear you'll see a quote from them where they're like. Don't bother interpreting our songs. It's like, you don't write lyrics if you don't want people to think about what the words yeah. mean. I mean, why would you do that? But I think it's, maybe they've clicked over to an interpretation stand. Maybe they've they've wandered around the wiki a little bit, because I know Flans will go there to remember set lists. Like, he will use the wiki to, like, he said that, like, oh, we're going back to Detroit or whatever. Let's make sure we don't play all the same stuff we did last time, and he'll go look at the set list. So he, he's well, interpretations. What do you got? Oh dear Lord, no! <laughs> no, I think Greg, you should take a mental vacation for this episode from interpreting and just leave it at this was a funny joke from yeah. nine-year-old John Linnell, and we are all still laughing at it to this day. 
We're all still finding joy in it. So, but then they're still interpreting to be had. So biblical. <laughs> yeah, I think these people are just bent on uh, getting ideas on trying to seem. Maybe they're just trying to not focus on the tomb. I was curious about the interpret. I haven't gone into these interpretations that much, so I was curious. I looked. This is not this song, but I looked up the minimum wage ones. Oh no! And there's just as many. Yep. <laughs> For a, a two-word song. Yeah. I guess yeah. three if you count the yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah really has yeah. a lot to it. Um, but, yeah, so I think... I remember... I, I think... What was it? John Flansburg said something about using the wiki when they brought We Live in a Dump back in, like, 2015... Or 2010 or something and used uh-huh. it to go find the chords because he couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing yeah. from the... I mean, when you write that many songs, I mean, how could yeah. you just remember all of them? So can we get to the live stuff? The, sure, we can, get to, we can get to the live stuff. Um, I just, like, as a final thought in the interpretations tab, I think people try too much to make a, like, main storyline to, like, the whole song. Mm. Whereas I think both the Johns... Where it's just like if they find a turn of phrase they really like, they're just going to plunk it in there. It doesn't necessarily have to be interwoven into the the entire song. This is just, like you said, it's about their goofy friend um, (laughs) just fucking with these poor store clerks (laughs) and cobblers and whoever else he's talking to. (laughs) There are enough cobblers these days. Yeah. They need, you know, that's a lost profession. (laughs) Okay. So, live. Um, yeah, let's start back at the at, at almost the beginning. The second time they ever played it was in Hamburg, Germany on February 24th, 1987. And I'm going to play it. Uh, there's a little banter that's interesting at the beginning. So here it is. Check, check. Uh, Bill, I don't know why, but it seems like I'm not getting any vocal in my vocal monitor. Check, check, check. This next song is called Shoehorn with Teeth. Ah. Uh, this next song is called Shoehorn with Teeth. I don't know if they have shoehorns in Germany. Anyway, um, this song features no instruments, and it goes like this. It wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. It wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing He asks a girl If they get both sit in a chair But he doesn't get nervous She's not really there He wants a shoehorn The kind with teeth Cause he knows there's no such thing Tour the world In a heavy metal band But they run out of gas The plane can never land He wants a shoehorn The kind with teeth So, when he says it features no instruments, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, does that mean it's just backing tracks? But then we're going to see it in the next one where we'll have video evidence of them just performing it with backing tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, what what'd you guys think about that one? Second time I ever played it. I could hear kind of, you know, the Germans being quite perplexed. <laughs> even, though, yeah. even though I couldn't see them, I could hear their... <laughs> although they cheered at the end of it. 
They were, they were, they seemed to be into it when it was over, but. You know, Glockenspiel is a German word. <laughs> what is it German for? I'd... Well, Glock means bell and Spiel means play. Oh, well, that makes sense. We, yep. sh- we should have started with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it's this is like going home for the. Yeah. Oh, but... das ist eine Glockenspiel. <laughs> Sehr gut. Sehr gut. It's all the German I remember from high school. Not much. Uh, yeah, so they, yeah. Um, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, this is a pretty short song, so they just did it and went on to the next one. It's, I've heard a couple of their shows in Germany where they, <laughs> the, the banter doesn't come across as well as it does yeah. in America. Uh, so I think they just say whatever they want. But, uh, they, but obviously the track was laid down by then, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I need to correct my date. I'm not sure where it may have copied and pasted from into the wrong spot. Eight, 87 is right, but it was uh, November 28th, 1987. They had played it in the spring on the Frankel O'Toole show, which they appeared on a lot, but there's no recording of that one. There are some some recordings from, I guess, other appearances on that show, but not of this one. Um, I wonder if we've got the set list for this one. We do have the set list for this one. I mean, this Dang, is... Dang, what a show. Classic. I mean, they only had like 50 songs at this point, right? <laughs> so we got Puppethead, Toddler Highway, Stormy Pinkness, Purple Toupee, Famous Polka, Hideaway Folk Family, Hotel Detective, Lie Still Little Bottle, I've Got a Match, which apparently they fucked up and started again. It's this false start. Uh, the World's Address, Shoehorn with Teeth, Mr. Me, Kiss Me, Son of God, She's an Angel, Cowtown, and Don't Let's Start... And then there's the encores, man. Uh, And this is just... Wow, in 1987, their final song, they went with 32 Footsteps. (laughs) That's the closer. They're going to love it, guys. In Germany, 32 Footsteps. We'll we'll call it 32. I don't know what Footsteps is in German. (laughs) That that is a heck of a closer because at the other... 28, 29, and then they just walk away and just walk off the stage. That's a heck of a closer. I can picture it. Yeah. (laughs) Man, there's there's someone someone even left notes from that show. That's how does the wiki have and there's there's a Music Express magazine article about it. How does this is the the best fan wiki ever? I hadn't clicked. (laughs) I guess my research wasn't thorough enough. I don't know if there's anything really worth. uh, and, and saying it here, but a German newspaper article about this show early in their career. I mean, going to Germany, I mean, only a year after their first album came out, that's, I mean, that would have been a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's nice in German. Translated. Yeah. <laughs> Ver- see what they have to say about them. Verruchtes Duo as New York. Jean Linnell, Recht und Jean Flansberg. They have yeah. the Dylas song number there. That's the only thing I recognize. <laughs> yeah. U.S. Amerikanischen Telefonnummer. Yeah. Written by Detlef Diedrichsen. Sounds like a German guy. <laughs> Man, the wiki has everything. But yeah, there's someone left a... Oh, it has a quote. For... It does have a translated quote. Okay, of course it's translated here on the wiki. Oh. The mood didn't improve when Linnell was cut off halfway because he realized he'd forgotten to plug the accordion into the amp. <laughs> Is that that must be the false start on I've got a match. Forgot to two hundred paying spectators. It says, yeah. Well, what a show that would have been. Yeah, man. Yeah, and they brought the William Allen White heads to Europe. Mm. I mean, when you don't have a drummer and anything, you know, you don't have as much 
and there's many instruments. I'm sure the 200 around. people at that show will never forget it. I mean, to them, the accordion isn't as novel of an instrument to see on stage. Of course. Stage. <laughs> it's like every other band has an accordion in Germany. Accordion. That's grandpa's instrument. <laughs> it was my grandpa's instrument. But he's Polish. Um, okay, so next live version, uh, which I alluded to, people should go watch this. We're going to hear the audio of them on MTV. Mm-hmm. The MTV... August 17th, 1988 on MTV. And uh, the video, I'm sure you can find it pretty easily, but it's just, um, it's um, also, uh, don't let's start, right? Yeah, okay, so shoehorn with teeth and don't let's start. So this one, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I- I'll play the audio now. Start. Here's They Might Be Giants, a dollar. <laughs> She's not really there. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. Tour the world in the heavy metal band. But they run out of gas. The plane can never land. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. What, what, what? Okay. What do you think about this? So I have to back this up with, I know you didn't have MTV growing up. I uh, didn't. I, until college did I have kids. Right. Uh, so the background behind this event, because I, I, I remember this, this was the presidential election in 1988, and a whole bunch of people were running like joke candidates. And so MTV had this guy called Randy of the Redwoods, who was this... Uh, <laughs> hippie character he was a comedian but he played this hippie character and he was on all their commercials and so they say oh we'll just put randy of the redwoods up for president and because mtv was trying to find you know interesting things to put on their air rather than just music videos and so they had a like a pep rally or a campaign stop for randy of the redwoods and that's what this is from and (laughs) How they pick They Might Be Giants uh, to, to perform at this thing, I have no idea. Because they're bizarre enough to match this. It's pro- because they thought, oh, these guys are funny, yeah. and they're in New York City, which is where MTV was. But again, if you watch the video, it's just John and John at microphones, no instruments. They're playing to a backing track. And they have those carpet hats on. The famous carpet hats. And so they have these giant hats on, and they're doing the dance moves where their arms are out in front of them like this. Yeah. That kind you of like see in forklift the... arms. It's sort of weird, <laughs> like double karate chop. They do fists and karate <laughs> chops. And they're just very earnestly singing this song. And you pan out to, this is obviously in some sort of nightclub or something. You pan out to the audience, and it's just a bunch of confused looks of New York hipsters going... What is happening? <laughs> and then it cuts to Don't Let Start, and then they start jumping up and down and dancing. Yeah, yeah. But it's the balls choice. of these guys to, to play this song first as their introduction to this audience. See, I, to me, it feels like 
the kind of antagonistic approach that bands like Devo would take. It's a lot of mm-hmm. bands would just like try to fuck with their audience. I mean, I was just <laughs> talking about Jesus and Mary Chain on another uh, a podcast that uh, I think this will come out before that crossover with uh, Andrew's Daily Five podcast. Um, cause they're like, I, I'd call them my third favorite band is where it's, it's a listing podcast, which I love making lists and their early shows, they would play three or four songs and go off stage. So these kids, they had been dubbed the next sex pistols. Like they were hot shit. They would play three songs and leave. There were venues torn apart by angry teenagers. Like, where, you know, where's the rest of it? I like, paid my a, money. Yeah, what the fuck? And, and there's another good story about, about Devo playing um, the end of, I think it's, is it, is it Jocko Homo, the one that ends, Are We Not Men? Mm-hmm. We yeah. are Devo. Yeah. Are we not men? We are Devo. In the AV Club book, uh, The Tenacity of the Cockroach, there's, that's, it collects interviews um, with all these, you know, the weirdest of uh, musicians. A story that Mother's Bot tells about how they played. I don't remember the venue, but they played that song and looped the ending for like five straight minutes. <laughs> People were coming up on stage trying to rip their instruments away from them to get them to stop. And like to a slightly less aggressive degree, this is almost kind of like this is our band. This is what we do. This is this is us. This is not a joke. Mm-hmm. We're playing this song. We hope that they find it very strange. Like yeah. we want them to not get it. And and again, I have to remind you, being on MTV was a big deal. Yeah, they had just had uh, Puppet Head. Uh, that was their first video, and they did a few in their first album. Uh, but then Don't Let Start comes out, and they're they're big stuff on MTV, and they're performing live. And this is what they come out with. It's just. They it's don't, just amazing. They they don't start with don't let's start. <laughs> Alex, they what do you think of this? One. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about before, and maybe in some ways they realize it too. Of if they're if they're not gonna <laughs> if they're not gonna like this, they're not gonna like much, <laughs> and so it's the perfect kind of way of like, well, I think just go for it as much as we can, and I think you know even if the people were staring in horror of it not being the buggles or whatever you know some big mtv thing madonna it's memorable yeah. it's certainly memorable and they're gonna say i the people with the giant hats who are doing <laughs> this weird arm movement thing and they'll keep talking about it and i think yeah even if they came away as that was too weird for me to want to listen to it they'll still be me- like remembered for doing it and it's such a bold statement compared to Maybe just doing Don't Let's Start would have been, oh, this is good, but less sort of jarring for people, especially with starting with it. It's like, oh, what is this? Yeah, it's it's a test. Yeah, yeah I would have loved to have heard the conversation between them and their manager or record company person saying, oh, we got this primo gig on, on MTV on stage. Two songs all to yourself. What are you going to do? Uh, shoehorn. Shoehorn. <laughs> Yeah, rather uh, than Anna Ng. Let's or compromise. Whatever, you know. Let's. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned this Randy of the Redwoods, which I had no idea about any of this. I, I'm going to drop this clip in, but I just I just got to watch a little bit of this right now. I'm going to turn the sound up so Alex can hear this, um, or you can look it up yourself. But let's let's get some audio for this Randy of the Redwoods for president. Who's gonna move into the White House? 
who's gonna have to mow the big green lawn? Randy, Randy, he's the man we need. I'll sit up straight and clean my place with every race and breed. How are you gonna sweep away the doom clouds? Loitering from sea to shining sea. Just say whoa, just say whoa, just say whoa. And vote for Oh my God! And then there's a guitar solo. <laughs> so this is a commentary on uh, fucking Nancy Reagan, right? Well, just this is... say no. So here they're saying, just say whoa. And this sounds, <laughs> you know, this sounds remarkably like shoehorn, doesn't it? It does. The, yeah. So it's almost like a campaign anthem. <laughs> but yeah, Randy of the Redwoods was—he was just this kind of hippie, druggy goofball, and uh... he's got an eye patch. Why does he have an eye patch? <laughs> And they had Cub Scouts singing. They had children singing the song in the yeah, commercial. It's is, amazing. This is something else. There's more. And then there's there's another one, yeah. too. I'm not sure if it's just So there's different. a whole hour of this stuff. And so I guess it makes oh, sense weird. that Giants would be a part of this. Anyway. Yeah, because this, I mean, this guy's outfit, I mean, really, the carpet heads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're still nothing. wearing their turtlenecks and stuff. I mean, they look fairly, you know, Flans has his black tee and, and Linnell has his... Uh, his is turtleneck. That a, his turtleneck. Is that white? Is, is that lavender? Is that just the lights? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing That's looks more rock and roll in 1988 than a lavender, than a lavender turtle- turtleneck. <laughs> I'm sure he looks back at that now and goes, mm, "Probably would have chosen a little something different." I, I'd like to know what they think about their outfits from back in the day. <laughs> I mean, we all look back on our outfits from oh, back in the we're day. We're all embarrassing. Like, yeah, but we're not all on MTV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we should probably keep moving. All right, so uh, October 18th, 1992. So we're jumping forward four years. We're into the Apollo 18 era uh, with live Barry Sax, and I could not figure out who the performer is. I mean, there's accordion, so it's not Linnell. Yeah. Um, and... They hadn't yet met Stan Harrison. Uh, he he was he's been on the radar longer than a lot of the horn guys, but he, they, I don't think they knew him yet. I don't know who it is, but let's listen to whoever it is. Play some Barry Sacks with them. NYC, of course. He wants a shoe horn, So here's where I was wondering if do we think that that big drum was it could have been played by J.D. Feinberg, who was with them at the time. But then I looked up the the one tour that he was on and he was also on uh, Leno with them. Um, But it doesn't overlap with this date. Well, don't forget, Flans used to play a big marching band drum for um, Whistling in the Dark. That that was my so other thought. It, it, this is kind of that era, maybe. So maybe it's it's Flans playing it. 
I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, because I mean they they're not a band with a drummer. If there was no drummer, I mean, and I went and I listened. I actually downloaded the whole show off a of Museum of Idiots, uh, and. It sounds to me like there's not a real drummer. Like it sounds yeah. like they're back to the they back might have been track. in between back in between drummers there because it was post I think it was post uh Don't Tread on the Cut Up Snake tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, it's 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 curious. And just that big boom like I totally didn't expect it because yeah. again like we talked about the version without the glockenspiel but here you're expecting to hear keep hearing glockenspiel. But instead, it's this obnoxious boom. Wouldn't you say, as a uh, percussionist, Greg, that the polar opposite of a glockenspiel would be a giant timpani drum? Or maybe in a the gi- percussion family? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are sure. polar opposites. So you're completely subverting expectations. Now, if 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 they were fancy enough to have a timpani, that would be something. That <laughs> or a bass drum. I know Flans talked about like marching band bass drum. Yeah, because there's well, I mean, Flans like talked about oh some other bands. There's so much good banter. Where, yeah, whistling in the dark episode was not that long ago, and he talks about how the road case cost more than the actual yeah. drum. <laughs> yeah, like he he found the drum someplace cheap, but then when they had to cart it around, <laughs> you know, those cases aren't cheap. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting that kind of in between period because they were by the end of '92 transitioning to full band. It could have been if it's this New York City, there could have been some day players because they yeah. you know they knew a lot of musicians. Sure, so brought in a sax guy just for that one gig. Yeah, yeah, I think May Monet would have already been with the band. Doherty wasn't quite in yet. Hmm. Curious. Oh, they did spin the dial at that at this show. I love that. Oh, awesome. Classic. Classic stuff. Um, okay, so let's play the CD skip yes. version. Oh, I love All right. this. So about 30 times between 97 and 2003, uh, the band would do this song super fast live as if you were fast forwarding on a CD. It's... Again, another thing that's well, lost to the ages, do, right? Like shoehorns. <laughs> yes. So, again, for the youngs in the audience, from us olds, e- even before CDs, you had cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. And when you fast-forwarded those, it went way up in pitch. Mm-hmm. But when CDs came along and you hit the fast-forward on those, the pitch stayed the same, and it just skipped over a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so, much in the same way they, they made hay of this by doing the shuffle mode by putting fingertips together on Apollo 18. Mm -hmm. Hey, play the shuffle mode. You get five seconds of a song here and there, whatever. They are again making fun of CDs by doing this CD skip version, which is just amazing. Yep. So here is September 28th, 1998 in New York City, of course. Um, And I'll play, I'll do like the end of the regular shoehorn and then the fast one for everyone to hear. People should be a mistake, Beverly. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. Mr. Dan Hickey, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Dan Hickey. Hey, I don't think we did. I don't even care if we did this last time we were here. This is the coolest part of the show. And why we don't do it every night, I'm not sure. Why every band in the world doesn't do this every night, I'm not sure. 
We're, we're gonna figure this out. Wait, wait, wait. Before you unplug it, Dan, before you get back on the drum riser, let's do the, uh, this is the portion of the show where we uh, simulate the actual uh, skipping of this song. As if you were at home going, I'm sick of that song. Perhaps you were sick of it just because you just heard it, and for some reason your CD player shuttled back to the beginning of it again. Kind of like this show. So, imagine if the entire audience was reaching forward and pressing the fast-forward button on their CD player. This is what we hope it would sound exactly like. So, Alex, was that your first time hearing about this uh, uh, ridiculous thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure how I hadn't come across it before, but it's. I think I am probably the very tail end of anyone that would have experienced CD fast forwarding. <laughs> right. Because I had, I think I had like a disc man very briefly in like 2005 or six or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, it it kind of like how you brought up the the spin the dial kind of thing. It's sort of this cool kind of i don't know it's it almost reminds me of like how grateful dead fans talk about like oh the jam on this one in europe 72 this version of something like right. the, the cd skip version of shoehorn with teeth <laughs> uh, it's and, the best version yeah and it's such a i i think it's so perfectly goofy but the amazing thing is that it's so discernible i was before we did this playing it upstairs and my dad heard it and knew you know could tell what it was even though it was just kind of this really fast forward yeah. weird thing and i think it was the <laughs> when they do the like the ding and then the sense part where it just has that like sense and then it just yeah <laughs> what's the sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> sense <laughs> so i love it i think it's so i mean it's so well done it's like they could do a whole tour with just the sh whole show is just that and it would still be pretty great <laughs> Yeah, it's they like, used to do this because I've I've seen this live, and they did it with the famous polka. How cool! Which can you imagine the famous <laughs> polka at five x speed? How do you get a fast? And uh, shoot, what was the other one? But the crazy bit is shoehorn is like a minute long. Mm -hmm. Of all songs to fast forward through, a song that's a minute long. That and now it's only ten seconds long. You're gonna fast forward <laughs> through pet name if you're gonna yeah. fast forward through anything. <laughs> but. Uh, of all the songs to fast forward through, one of their shortest ones. It just, I think that's funny. Uh, Statue Got Me High is the other one. That oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah. <gasps> I I uh, bet, I bet there's... I'm somebody has to can do some research to see somewhere. if we can find the um, CD skip version of that. See, what's what's what is cruel is that the wiki doesn't list it on the chronology for Statue Got Me High. I did the Statue Got Me High episode last fall, mm. and... Missed that tidbit because it is not listed. You know, I I don't rely f completely on the wiki, but it's that starting point, and it. If you see I something, say it, something, Craig. You gotta make well, maybe be bold. I should, maybe changes. I should go ahead and edit this wiki here and put in yeah if, the CD skip version yes. on the chronology here. If, right? I mean, I'll if we can later, find yeah. it, that's the thing. If we can find one, then we can confirm. Otherwise, it's just yeah. Speculation. That's true. The person. 
that put it on shoehorn here. So then the famous polka. I've not done that episode yet. Let's see if that lists it in their chronology. Um, no. No. See? Uh, you got two changes you can make now. Yeah, so I'll have to go see if I can dig up a bootleg. It's crazy how many bootlegs are on <laughs> Museum of Idiots. Have you have you dug through many oh, of yeah. those? Yeah, that's where I... It's I've, crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who... Did you know who runs that site? I don't. It's yeah. because it's so... It has the like 1990s era web design, so it's got to be an old school person. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's updated. Like it'll tell you even just even just like old websites where there's like a new link, uh, and it would just parentheses say new with exclamation point next to it. Like, wow, you know, just scrolling through this very bland looking site. So if you if you have one audience, if you know where to locate CD skip versions of things, please. Please notify the proprietor of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, because it would take a little digging. Like, to find that CD skip one, I'd def- you know, find the date that they actually did it. Yeah. Then go to Museum of Idiots, see if they had that date. Nope, they don't have that one. So they did it at this date, too. Go to that one. That I mean, that that ate up a bit of my time for <laughs> the research for this was finding that CD skip one. But it's it's worth it, right? Oh, man. It's so cool. On behalf of all of us, thank you for putting in the effort. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> Uh, so then in 2002, they played Conan O'Brien as they did many, many times. Um, so on the robot parade episode, I had already played this, but I think it's worth playing again. Uh, again, going into the one that they were there to promote here was the no albums robot parade. Uh, here they went from robot into shoehorn. Um, (laughs) yes, we watched MTV. They're opening up. They're like, we're going to open up with this weird one. Then go into the single. And in this case, like, the single is Robot Parade to promote the new album, but then we're going to fall back on the classic that is Shoehorn with Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to mention before you play this. Okay, okay. Bef- uh, as the drummer, when they first started playing this live, and the drummer would come down, they would play, John and John would play, like, come down music, you know, traveling music for him to get off his drum riser, right. set up the glockenspiel, get it mic'd up and everything. So they started with this song called Born in a Graveyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Linnell would play like the the keyboards on "Born in a Graveyard," and Flansburg would just riff on whatever he happened to be thinking at the moment. And it's usually the band members, right? Yeah, or like somebody in the audience, or one of their yeah. lighting techs, or so that was where it came about. Was they were just playing music to fill time where they were miking up the Glockenspiel, and then that became a song in and of itself. And you did. Uh, uh, Dan versus Cog, which I, is basically yes. born in a graveyard on That's TV. That's where I talked about it. Was yeah. on uh, Dan versus Cog. Yeah. So, um, and then at a certain point, they retired "Born in a Graveyard" and and did a "Robot Parade" <laughs> as the getting the mic set up song, and then transitioned from that into "GLO Conspiel." So, <laughs> so, so other than the Conan one, I mean, was that a thing they were doing like 30, yeah. 40 times? Absolutely. Okay. Because I did not the, see them during. Well, I saw them on the Ming Car tour. I did not see them then again until the the Else tour. So I didn't see them in the in between. I guess when they would have been doing it around no. Well, and I did not see them live. So the bit where Flansburg says, "I think we're losing the crowd." Yeah. Uh, that's real. That they did that at shows. In fact, maybe now's a good time to play. The whole thing, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Yeah. So here's here's them uh, giving up on Robot Parade to go into you know the crowd pleaser that is shoehorn with teeth. John, I think we're losing the crowd. Admit 
He knows there's no such thing He asks a girl If they can both sit in a chair But he doesn't get nervous She's not really there He wants a shoehorn The kind with teeth Cause he knows there's no such thing Tour the world In a heavy metal band But they run out of gas The plane can never land He wants a shoehorn The kind with teeth People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn. So yeah, he's he's saying in that robot voice, uh, John, I think we're losing the crowd. <laughs> they, you know, this new stuff is cool, but they don't even know this song. This is a kid's album, they you know. They want the familiar sounds. Yeah, they want the familiar songs of a glockenspiel. He used to riff on that for minutes and minutes while... Uh, yeah. So the fact they did up. it on Conan as if... They're lost. <laughs> you know, you have three know. minutes None of national of the other television. the members are there. There's no transition for a drummer. <laughs> Robo Parade doesn't have a drummer either, at least not that version. Ha- Alex, have you seen that before? Hmm? Have you seen that before? Yeah, I was I was getting transfixed back into it really quickly, <laughs> just watching them kind of... Yeah, I, so I saw... I think I saw that. I think when I... At one point when I saw them do Robot Parade in... Gosh... Even though I'm not, I'm not that uh, matured in my amount of time existing at the same time as this band. It is hard <laughs> to remember when I think like 2014 or something, and they did something kind of similar. But yeah, and just I think uh, it's sort of, um, I mean, Conan's kind of the perfect show for it. I think too, which mm-hmm. is great with Conan's sort of humor style and background and stuff. And yeah. uh, I, I'd be curious to. You know, I wish there was like the ability to have like accounts of people who were there, like both with the MTV, but also this of like people who came just to see the Conan show and just kind of like again, like what is going on and just sort of their own perspective, like an interpretations tab. Yeah. But like I was there yeah. and I had no idea what to think. But like you said, the Conan crowd is going to be much more accepting of, oh, of absolutely. them, and, and they played that show more than any other. Yeah. The other thing about this performance, which is notable is that Flans plays the wrong note. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He I think this is it, probably right? the only performance ever Wait, out of... Wait, play those... all three times wrong? 
uh, just one of them does one he play wrong because it cuts over to Linnell and he's cracking up. Yeah. Because he realizes, you know, Flans is not a professional percussionist. There's one note, and I've seen it. There's like a piece of masking tape on the whatever it is, xylophone or glockenspiel, pointing to the note play to play. This one. <laughs> and there's a microphone at that note and that note alone, and he plays the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Linnell is so. Here's the question: Was it a mistake, or did he do it intentionally to? Since they're, it's a complete goofball yeah. performance anyway. Yeah. They're losing the crowd. What do you think, Alex? Is it, <laughs> I don't know. I'm try I think I I think I remember hearing it and yeah, you can see Linnell kind of Yeah, like I wonder I mean, I think it was probably intentional I don't know. I I'd like to think that it was intentional on Flans to just kind of get Linnell out of the comfort zone, be kind of like surprising, but I'm not sure. It's hard to say. I I there's so the one amazing one of the amazing things about it is like I f- see so few mistakes in any of the recordings or live things you see of this band is like they seem so perfect all the yeah. time. And so it almost seems like it was just a ruse kind of t- <laughs> surprise. Make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> was was he really nervous? Like yeah. I'm on national television and I have one note to play. <laughs> And I messed it up. <laughs> it's like I'm out of my element here. Yeah. And they got the tassels on their glockenspiel there, mm-hmm. wrapping all the way down around the bass. They're, they're looking real fancy there. Yeah, the one I uh, I remember going to a show, and he made a joke about when they mic'd up the glockenspiel, they put a windscreen on the mic. <laughs> like the wind's going to affect the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting with such velocity that just the air is just The tone of that note has to be perfect. <laughs> It it's, is hard to mar- to make a glockenspiel. I'll tell you because Alto Valor will. We, that's it. We yep. There's no laughing because <laughs> we will. We 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 use it live. It comes with us. Yeah. And you'll see sound guys. I mean, rarely we're playing venues where they're gonna mic everything, and they're always like, uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, which mic? And then it's like, I don't know. We'll just use a fifty-seven. Um, I'm like. You're gonna hear it. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, wherever to mic it, you're gonna hear this thing. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, Alex. This is kind of the the modern version of the MTV gig yeah. where they just don't they don't care at all, and they're just being weird on purpose. Mm-hmm. At in this one, instead of dancing with carpet hats, they did they played the wrong note. And they're wearing it's, their button up shirts. It's legendary. I, that's an amazing. When when I saw that on TV. Because they did other TV for No, and they did yeah. they actually did the song No and Clap Your Hands, which was amazing, with the whole band. And I yeah. thought, oh, what are they going to do on Conan? Shoehorn? <laughs> oh, man. And it's local, too. I mean, like, the guys are probably there. I mean, it's just, anyway. yeah, you wonder how they make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, like, mixing it up, I guess. But, um, yeah, that was, the, uh, that was the, the classy era. Of the Johns, yeah. where their promo pics, they're wearing suits, hmm. um, and but, yeah, button-up shirts. They the, wore. Uh, they won a Grammy. You know, those oh, were the salad days, really. Yeah, real fancy. Yep. Then they got the Disney uh, shortly after that. The Disney thing. Oh, so transitioning from Conan to them playing much more recently, 2019 in Australia. Mark Pender toured with them mm. uh, after having not played trumpet with them for a little bit. 
you know, they were already into the, uh, you know, Kurt Rams, their go-to guy now and Mark's in California. But I guess, uh, I think he said on the episode, yeah, like Kurt couldn't do it. And he was the second choice. He's like, I know I was second choice, but I was happy to go to Australia with the Johns. And, uh, so let's listen to them, uh, February 23rd, I love the old audio, but you always wish you had bootleg videos of like the 1987 performance or something. That would be, that would be something. (laughs) I mean, last time you were here, you brought me the gift of the The VHS fan three VHS tapes. And that's got old stuff, but not 87 old. Yeah. I mean, it had, I don't know what, what, what's the earliest on those? I mean, it's pretty widely circulated fan bootleg video bootleg do you know what the they, earliest they thing did there was? uh there was stuff from 87 there was uh, mm-hmm. where they did like some record showcase or something they okay, did some in-store yeah. performances it's been a minute since i watched it. uh and that's why i was curious about that mtv the randy of the redwoods gig if it was like their first big time performance on mtv apart from question. 120 minutes whatever but we're not talking about that we're talking about 2019 because we do have video of this one yeah, and uh, they're they're very like uplit, like it's a campfire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, spooky it's, it's lighting, ghost stories. Yeah, and there they've got. So what Glockenspiel is given away? I mean, so this one has it has one tassel, <laughs> one tassel. We're tracking it's, the tassels, folks. It's yeah. not all wrapped around again. So did they give it away and then be like, ah, we need we another still one? Still want to do that bit? Okay, let's. Or find one. this is Australia. They could have just rented one or bought one at a music store down there <laughs> you don't want to take a glockenspiel with you on the plane but it's a good performance yeah, uh it, is. it has more brass to it too mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and uh yeah it's just great I, I love that they still do or still you know this is the right before covid so yeah. uh during the the glory days but uh yeah i love that one it's fantastic um, any thoughts on that one, Alex? Yeah, we I, th- move I think along? it's it's cool. I think it's interesting looking at the progression of their voices on it. The big thing I notice is how they got. Um, yeah, I mean, it's they're singing it almost in a more kind of upbeat, like higher, not higher pitch, but you know, more open sort of voice. And it's almost yeah. it almost is this more like uplifting, positive rendition of it, which I, I <laughs> like. I, it's it just feels like the song has aged well with them. I think. Yeah, and it has, and yeah. uh, they have. Obviously, they're getting older, but 
they're not like some artists that tune their songs down oh, yeah. full step. <laughs> Everything is is the same key it was originally. Yeah, and they've, uh, they've done a great job with that. And uh, I remember, I mean, this is it's fun to see this one of the when they did it in San Francisco and kind of did the like had an encore like or not an encore had the like mid show break and then came back. Yeah, and, the quiet storm. Yeah, and then yeah, and it was this paired with. Uh, Oh dear. Uh Oh, I can't remember the other song they did. They did uh James K Polk and just the uh. pairing of those two at that show was such a kind of cool little thing of this really kind of Oh, and they did another dark song, but it was like they had this kind of dark moment and then they did that and it was everyone was kind of brought back into <laughs> the like happiness and then they went back to I'm the just, full band. Having come back down to part of this, was it Tippecanoe and Tyler too? Yes, that was it. Cuz they were pairing those and I remember that specifically. We live in Tippecanoe County. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so this is where William Henry Harrison, not where he was from, but this is where, you know, he got famous for killing a bunch of indigenous yeah. people, uh, you know, as they did back in the day. Um, but uh, for the compilation, Doppelpopolis is doing Tippecanoe and Tyler too. So I was well, just I've... thinking about how they paired those. They're like, here's a couple songs about assholes or mm-hmm. something like that. Is I remember in Indy, that's how they. You remember when across from the Tippecanoe Mall they had the Tyler Two Plaza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they really leaned into it here in Lafayette. When that storage place came along, did they get rid of that sign? It's gone now. Yeah, it was a Toys R Us, and now it's been knocked down. Isn't but this the, exciting, the, Alex? The, the yeah. Tyler Two thing. Well, <laughs> I think people would find it kind of funny that people there they might be Giants fans would know that song. I mean, really, it's kind of cool to be. You know, we're not in New York. We're not on venue songs. We have a song that is yeah. about our local lore. I mean, <laughs> Lafayette Pride. That Tyler Two thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know that sign was there when the when the Toys R Us were there. Because I mean, we just moved up here in 2014, so it's oh. been it hasn't been that long that it's been gone. Anyway, is it time for covers? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the Da Vinci's Notebook one first? Yeah. So I heard this. Da Vinci's Notebook version. For those who don't know, they, these guys are an amazing group. I used to hear them on Bob and Tom, which... Uh, ah, that's is, where I knew their name. Yeah. I haven't listened to them forever. But All yeah. the time they were on Bob and Tom. So when I heard them do this song, and apparently they're with Moxie Fruvis, who is... Uh, but it's all a cappella. This is an a cappella rendition. Da Vinci's Notebook is an a cappella group. And, uh, uh, well... We could play it first, and then I yeah. there's a couple things I want to highlight about it. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. He asks a girl if they can both sit in a chair, but he doesn't get nervous. She's not really there. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. Show the world in a heavy metal barrel. They run out of petrol. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Yeah. People should get beat up for stealing their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing. What would be like a song they're known for? Or at least, I mean... Well, they did... Uh, the the one I know them from, they did on Bob and Tom, is kind of a boy band uh, 
medley called Title of the Song, uh-huh. where they did, it's, it's basically a description, title of the song, naive expression of love, reluctance to accept that you are gone, and they're doing it in a kind of boy band version. Sure. So they're going sure. through all the memes of boy band songs, but just literally saying, this is the title of the song. Gotcha. <laughs> so they're hilarious. And what I like about this version is that they change one of the lyrics People should get beat up for skating like the Leafs. A hockey reference? A hockey reference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what? I don't think they're Canadian, Why? but that yeah. is a very obscure thing to toss in. Like, so are the Canadians in the audience. Oh, my gosh. It's skating like the Leafs. But, yeah, that was masterstroke. And the, and the orchestration is good. They just throw in a whole bunch of funny sounds. And so, yeah, Da Vinci's Notebook is an amazing group. Yeah. No, they're not Canadian. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Oh. Nice. That's where they started. Hmm. So hmm. that's, they're probably hmm. the most famous ones to cover it. Yeah. I mean, would you say that people really know them anymore, though? Not anymore. I mean, you it had to be in a in certain 04. time period and a certain, they were very much in the Weird Al, Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. That, that. Arena, Corky and the Juice Pigs. Do you remember Corky and the Juice Pigs? That, they played that on one Mad was beyond TV me, bunch. unfortunately. The Bare Naked Ladies opened up for them in the early days. Wow. <laughs> they're they're pretty funny. They um, are very bizarre, but again, comedy comedy group. Um, okay, Alex, any thoughts on that? Yeah, one? I I liked it. It was certainly it certainly I was gonna say like very weird Al esque of like using the voices for the kind of horn parts and things. And it almost, I don't know. It's weird. I, I liked it a lot and how they did it. There's certainly an element of, I think we touched on how open the interpretation can be on something like shoehorn where it's so kind of weird and random. And it, it was leading into uh and a few of the covers are this way. Like it, it's leading into a direction that I don't think I've ever pictured as much where it's really goofy but i love what they did and it's i think kind of uh feels like when i was really young that would have probably been like the my favorite thing on earth probably hearing that <laughs> cover it's just like so kind of bombastic and great and yeah i i, I was unfamiliar with this band up until now but it also it definitely makes me want to go listen to them more i'll have to see what the like go-to things are but it's it's I mean if you like acapella, that kind of that's a very narrow genre. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, they nailed it for a yeah. few years. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is uh, Eberts of Phoenix. Oh, this one is amazing. This is from yeah. an old fan cover. I mean, the, the stuff that I'm doing and the putting together these covers compilations with friends and the TMBS, they might be ship posting or they might be song posting, do all these compilations too. Uh, this, I mean, is this the first known collaborative They Might Be Giants covers album? It's got to be, right? It, 1998. It was, it was not so. easy to just record your own music at yeah. home uh, until recently, really. Yeah. I mean, I remember using some like $40 Cakewalk software. <laughs> In like 2004, the very first Outdoor Valor uh, song was recorded on that. Um, and before and then, it, it was four like tracks. Shit. And then, yeah, I mean, I recorded on four tracks yeah. in the day, four tracks and eight tracks 
Um, but yeah, burning a CD, that was high technology. Yeah, and people, if they haven't, if you're not aware of this, go to the wiki and, and look up We Might Be Giants too. The CD, the art on the disc is just like the, it's just black ink on uh, a CD. So it's not even color art on the CD, which I remember my band Blue Bottle, our first CD had just that black ink on it because it was so much more expensive to to duplicate the CDs with fancy art on them. And so, yeah. So were you a member of the Usenet news group? Oh, for sure. Back in the day? Oh, yes. I, I did Usenet. Do you remember this like coming together? Do you remember people talking about this? Yes, and uh, and it had to come together via mail, like snail mail. Yeah, you couldn't transfer files that big. First of all, you you MP3s didn't exist, mm-hmm. so there was no. If you had music files, they were enormous, and most people didn't have fast internet connections unless you were on a college campus, like I was. Yeah. So. Yeah, this, I don't know who did this, but it came together via, you know, they coordinated it through Usenet, but actually did the the recording and the burning of the CD via <laughs> sending it in through cassettes and CDs and all that stuff. That's crazy. And, um, so this is Jeremy Moskowitz compiled it. Okay, well. I got it. So the, the illustrations were done by Kyle Carrazza, who you will still see around... The he's not dead yet. Neither's Jared. Okay. These old guys. No, we're both. We're both. <laughs> I'm, we're still kicking. I yeah. We're we're still kicking. Um, because this seems like a totally different time. Uh, I gotta see if if this yeah. Reach guy, out to them. Yeah. So uh, so what do you? I mean, were you playing music at the time? Were you thinking about like were you invited to do this or when? How was? Were, did you think about being on this? Did you have a chance to be on it? I, I saw it in the groups and thought, well, this is for other people. You know, uh-huh. to record a song, that's something that, you know, only fancy people can do. And, of course, I didn't have, you know, microphones and and a studio space and all that stuff, which is really easy to put together nowadays. Uh, but I did kind of see people that did have that stuff. In fact, the people that put it together were there were independent record labels back then so you know people that did indie cds they sold stuff out of the back of their car but you needed to know somebody who had access to a studio or to a, a mastering suite or to a uh, if you wanted it to sound good, at least, I mean, correct. We, I don't think we really mastered our first cassettes. I don't think you could you could but do our bedroom first CD. We did <laughs> bedroom music. That's that that ex- has existed for a long time. But what I remember about this is that the this ver this song shoehorn was in the pre-show music at one of the shows I went to. So as people were filing in. You know, the Giants had all sorts of eclectic music playing as pre-show music. And this comes on, this fan version of Shoehorn. Wow. So they loved it enough that the Giants put it in their pre-show music rotation, which I think is high praise. I don't think they do that nowadays. Uh, But they did it back in the 90s.
Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm finding the right guys on Facebook or not. Mike Leibovitz uh, did some uh, some of the layout, but that is not that uncommon of a name. And looking at the mutual friends group, it is not the Team BG friends group. It is my comedian friends friends group because this guy's a comedian. He lives in New York now, which is why I clicked on him as the possibility, but he's from Chicago. Well, yeah. Again, let's. So these are the appeals we've putting out, putting out to the audience. If you know CD skip s- songs, send them in. If you were involved in this, we might be giants two compilation. Please reach out. We want to. We want to talk know, to you guys. I'm Facebook person. friends with Kyle. I think he could probably figure out a lot of the rest of it. You know what? Yeah, I should. That sounds like a Patreon episode. Is uh, hmm. trying to round up. Mm-hmm. That would be a great story to hear because because yeah. I don't know what went into this i'm sure they do i'm yeah. just i was on the outside looking in but if they have the inside story kyle did a song too because kyle did please pass the milk please <laughs> <laughs> just that one fingertip that guy is funny. oh yeah that was the other thing is they expanded fingertips into larger songs that's part of this oh. compilation is that if you had a five second version you wanted to flesh it out i do have this whole thing digitally i do remember hearing that now i i Hadn't listened to it in a long time. Anyway. Yeah, man. It's fun little rabbit holes. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's uh let's let's blitzkrieg through the rest of these because there's a lot here. Those I think are the ones with the biggest stories around them. So Trees and Flowers, a multi-tracked one, which as a guy who's done a lot of episodes with a lot of cover sections, what you're finding usually is someone strumming a guitar. Mm-hmm. Solo instrument and voice or a piano. So here just having some it's not any sort of dense arrangement, but it is multi-tracked and it's and it sounds good. It's just from last year. Uh this is trees and flowers. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should be beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing He asks the girl if they can both sit in the chair But he doesn't get nervous cause she's not really there He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth Cause he knows there's no such thing Tour the world in a heavy metal band They run out of gas, the plane will never land He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth People should be beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoe. I'm not sure. Um, proud Greghead. What does that mean? They're really into me. <laughs> uh, they follow me around on the road. I'm just looking at the bout on the, on the YouTube. Couldn't find out a name. What did we think? Alex, you like it? Yeah, I think it's pretty uh, faithful to the original, and I think it's a fun little... I love the... Um, Oh God, the melodica or whatever the you know the yeah. thing you blow into, that's mm-hmm. a nice little touch, and you know it. It just feels like kind of the the natural sort of what you'd expect in twenty twenty one. Kind of if if that song was written now, it would probably sort of sound like that. So it, I think it's super yeah, fitting okay. for that sort of interpretation. Now, how about the Glockenspiel replacement? Did you notice what replaced the Glockenspiel? I remind myself. Yeah, I think it uh, <laughs> it feels probably <laughs> it's like they it was finished and oh shoot, I forgot. <laughs> oh, I have this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Clinking a glass, Clink. flicking a glass with your yeah. fingernail. 
<laughs> yeah, because not everyone has a sets of bells in their house. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's, that's a rare not, item. Not everyone's lucky enough to have glockspiel. It's right next to my trombone. I'm not sure why my trombone is there right now. I recorded something with it a long time ago. I'm not sure why it's still there. Um, not everyone can be lucky enough to have a glockspiel next to a trombone yeah. next to a Roland Juno 60. So let's move on to an accordion cover. This is Finn Nicole Teller. Um, Finn, I'm thinking something Scandinavian. But anyway, this is a 30-second cover. Let's play it all. He wants to shoe home trying to clean. People should get beat up to say forever least. He wants to shoe home trying to clean. Cause he knows there's no such thing. He asks the girl they won't sit in a chair but he doesn't act nervous. She loves him and he wants to shoe home the kind with you. Jared, what'd you think? Well, uh, he did the first verse, and uh, he, what, he didn't feel confident enough to do the rest? I, he should have kept going. My fingies are tired. He started thinking about the tomb. <laughs> Couldn't handle yeah. it. <laughs> but, I mean, you're an accordion player. This must be a hard song to... I mean, it's only three chords, really. I think he's doing it in a... I feel like he's doing it in an even more complex, slightly more complex way than Linnell did. I mean, he's getting around the left-hand keys. I mean, that's how you tell a real accordionist, uh, as opposed to just like a hobbyist, is the left hand. Yeah. So he's doing the bass notes. He is, yes. There's there's a lot to it. Like, I took accordion lessons for two years in my late 20s because I wanted to learn my way around the bass keys more uh, after having just had my grandpa's little diatonic. Uh, so this guy, I mean, it. yeah, sounds great. Hmm. Yeah, keep it going, man. Do the rest. Yeah. Justice for the other verses of Shoehorn. Just a video that's just the other part. <laughs> don't don't yeah. do one together. It's already been done. <laughs> and it's like five the, years uh, later. <laughs> right. That's, and it's like the typical YouTube thing where it's like, click like and subscribe yeah. to hear part two when it comes out. <laughs> All right, next. Um,. A human called Smithy, who I hope really goes by Smithy. It's a ukulele cover. There's always got to be one, and I like it because it's 2013 camera quality. Um, I love classic internet stuff, even as much yeah. as classic VHS stuff almost. Da, 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 he wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing Ask the girl if they can both sit in a chair But he doesn't get nervous She's not really there He wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth People should get beat up for stating their beliefs He wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth Cause he knows there's no such thing I like the da-dun-da-dun Yeah with, with the ring and the pinky I mean, that's... Again, it's like me as more of a hobbyist, like ukulele player, chords get around. I'm impressed by just that little yeah. stuff. I'm like, it's, I feel like every ukulele cover you see typically is just those. And then the moment you bust that out, it's like, oh, a whole other tier of ukulele <laughs> YouTube cover. <laughs> yep. It's, it's challenging because this song needs, again, just like there's three of us talking about it, mm-hmm. it needs more people. Yeah. It's, it's not really a song for one person. 
it feels like it needs to be sung collectively. Like there's another cover I didn't send to you, but there's one with a sax quintet, five saxophones oh, playing this. Oh man, I feel like we should do that. Let's, YouTube. I thought I had. A, is it on YouTube or is yeah, it somewhere? Yeah. If you, do, if you search for shoehorn sax case, Sh- shoehorn sax case. That's that's what the name of the band was. And they're playing in like a retirement community because there's, there's, I, I know because I used to work at a retirement community. Uh, okay. There's there's folding chairs there, but the wood paneling, or is that like the dividing wall between like yeah, the community like the, room. it was the community room and They've this is half stands. of it. Okay, we're watching this. All right. All right. Do you want me to blast it for you? Yeah, yeah Alexa, can you find it? Okay. can't see the ding maybe it's this old guy over here in the <laughs> yeah. corner there so, appears to be one person watching them as someone who used to work at a retirement community this is 100% a group that does normal songs like jazz standards and things and they slip this one in without anyone in the audience realizing what it was yeah. it's just a bunch of grandmas saying oh isn't that nice and they're laughing to themselves like we <laughs> slipped a giant song in there i mean you put it on yeah six saxophones can make anything sound kind of like old timey Dixieland yeah. jazz, you know. I mean, it's so good it's, though. It's, it's they're so skilled. It's amazing. And again, 2011. This is, I mean, 2011 is ancient when it comes to uh, YouTube. I mean, once you get back into the aughts, that's when hmm. you really get. But yeah, these. I don't know who this group is. They're probably like high school students that just did this for a project or something. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's got their whole set. <laughs> it's got their whole set. Yeah. American Patrol, Harlem. Those are all big band songs. Yeah. So Harlem Nocturne. Sax Licks. Man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this reminds me of the... the I was in an accordion ensemble in Bloomington with, with my... The Did Bulgarian you ever play a retirement player. community? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we had a couple Jewish members and would play their... So one of their parents lived at a, yeah. at a Jewish old folks home, and we would do Hanukkah gigs. That's great. I yeah, mean, it was super cool. They Because even if you make a mistake, they still love you. Oh, <laughs> it was, I mean, seriously, one of the most fun crowds I've ever played in front of for anything. Because they were just having a blast out there and just old people dancing. There's just so, something's just so, I mean, yep. you can't not love it, you know. It's, uh, so just think yeah. about that, Alex. The next time you're booking gigs for your band, think of how many retirement communities there are out there, and you know, <laughs> they'd love you guys. Sarcasm at I... the old folks' home. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I I don't like the looks of that I, that hair. Like, uh, well, when in middle school, I I had dyed hair at that point too, and we did a similar thing. Of a friend of mine who plays piano and I, for our middle school thing, went and did like. 
Fats Domino kind of blues songs and that kind of yeah. thing. If only I had thought, like, oh, we'll just do some other random thing and see what happens. Throw in Hotel Detective. Yeah, and then one person will know and we'll be friends for life. <laughs> Let's do Luke yeah. and Hugo then. That's a good one. Okay, so this one, yeah, just July 1st, 2022. Um, can you repeat the question by uh, Hall of Heads? And yeah, hallofheads.bandcamp.com is where you'll find it. And this one, so it's a, it's a compilation that, okay, so it was the Discord server. That is like the one thing where I'm like, I have too many things yeah. taking over my time. I'm not doing Discord. Okay, I don't have time for it. TikTok and Discord, that's where I draw the line. Um, but yeah, so there's other people putting compilations together, you know, and it was that We Might Be Giants too was where it all started. So let's listen to Luke and Hugo do shoehorn with teeth. Once a shoehorn, the kind of teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth. Because he knows there's no such thing. Ask a girl if they can go see the chair, but he doesn't get nervous. She's not really there. He wants a shoehorn, the kind of teeth. Because he knows there's no such thing. Tore the world in a heavy metal band, but they run out of gas. The plane can never land. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Because he knows there's So you dug this one, Alex? Yeah, I thought it was like, um... Do you remember the, the band Crash Test Dummies? Oh, yeah. oh, of course. It felt very that kind of like almost loungy sort of thing. And I thought a lot of the covers, you know, were really great. But this was the first one that listening to it thought, OK, they really found a way to transform it into, yeah, this kind of 90s acoustic rock sort of revival kind of thing. And uh, it worked surprisingly well with it. And I thought the two voices blended really well. Uh and just, yeah, I had a question yeah. about that. The, did you hear, to me, it sounded like the same person, but pitched up and pitched down. Maybe, oh. maybe, I, you know, they they both sound differently pitched than... Yeah, I don't know. To me, it feels like they're... I don't know if it seems that the voices are digitally manipulated. It seems like it, it might be the be same, the same person, person, just one person singing really low. That's how I heard it. It's like lower than their range should be. They're singing, you know, out of their yeah. range. Because you're right. When you said crash effect. test dummies, that's what I yeah. thought yeah. of. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably know the lyrics to the Weird Al version. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a distinctive sound. Speaking of distinctive sounds, there's this one. (laughs) Shut up, Trinity. Uh, Look at that logo. Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. My other other must-list frequent podcast, uh, Best Midwestern, we were always looking for stuff that wasn't from Chicago, you know, Mm -hmm. Michigan or Ohio. It's like everything was from there. And we're like, where's the North Dakota bands? And I've played North Dakota once and they loved that a band came to (laughs) to North Dakota. We played Bismarck. The most fun show ever. There was like a barbecue. There was, it was an outdoor at like this, uh, you know, at the park and they rent, they, you know, reserved one of the big picnic areas. It was great. And Fargo, 
North Dakota, mainly known for, you know, the movie and shows now, I think, in name. But this logo, the pentagrams, the pink and blue pentagrams, you just know you're in for a treat with this one. So here it is. He wants a shoehorn on the camera teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn on the camera teeth. Cause he knows there's no such thing as a girl. If they can bust it in a chair, but he doesn't get nervous. She's not really there. He wants a shoehorn on the camera teeth. He knows there's no such thing for the world. And a heavy metal band, but they ran out of gas. And the plane would never land. He wants a shoehorn on the camera teeth. People should get beat up for stating their beliefs. He wants a shoehorn on the camera teeth. Oh man, this song. <laughs> I think. Uh, oh dear. Uh, there's a lyrical change in this one too. The it's very minor, but it's what was it the the heavy metal band? But they run out of. They changed the. Ran out of gas, and the plane would never land. Well, they typed it out here and says the plane would never land instead of. Isn't it could never land? The plane could never land. Here. Yeah, the plane, plane would, would never, never land. land. Such a tiny change, but it does feel like a change. Oh, I mean, it's just also like an assault a on my ears of trying to listen <laughs> to like just the poundingness of the and and the fact that it's. I feel bad because I'm always like, yes, artistic interpretation, and I like work at this DIY venue where I see the craziest shit. Um, and then yeah. I'm hearing this and like, oh, when they change the little motif, the like, da -da -da -da, and they have the like weird space. And it just feels so like you're messing with something so important. Sacred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ting, 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 ting. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah instead of da -dun, da -dun, yeah. it's ting, 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 ting. And it's like much more, I mean, it's much more robotic yeah. in it by design. What would you call the genre of if a band like this rolled up and... Oh. And did their sound check, uh, and people were like, "Who's playing tonight?" And like, "Oh, hyper -pop. it's Shut Up Trinity." Hyper pop, yeah, hyper pop. There's hyper -pop? there's a sure. there's this new artist from the Bay Area called Eichlers, which is hyper ska. So I've become very <laughs> oh, become no. very. It's like if a hundred Gex was ska kind of thing, and it's great. Oh it's super fun, but it's it's brought me into the whole world of like hyper pop and realizing like I'm. This is what makes me feel old is hearing uh -huh. this and being like, I don't understand what. The what happened between when I <laughs> where I feel like music is, um, yeah. but I mean, it's Man, it's done. I well. thought my music yeah. was hyper, it, <laughs> it's done well and it's like recorded well, and I'll give them that. Uh, and I, I like you said, the logo is great, I love it. Um, <laughs> the upside down crosses for teeth. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to listen to the psychoeconomic god chasm part two in full. <laughs> see what the rest of it is like. This is probably the people that wrote all those interpretations. Yeah. I think it's the same guy. Same guy. So I, I think we'd have to for the nerds play oh, just this very brief, uh, just impromptu, on stage version. Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman sing "Shoehorn with Teeth" very. Briefly, um, at some talk they're giving, I don't, I don't know the context of this at all. Uh, show more. Uh, filmed at the what's Nadwacon in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, I'm guessing the W is Wisconsin, but I'm just. Gonna, <laughs> I'd like to know what this is and, and what year is that? 
2011. Say so the video colleagues in the, uh, the North American Discworld Convention, mm. a fan run science fiction convention to celebrate the works of Sir Terry Pratchett. This is very specific. Okay. Ah, there's a series of novels called Discworld. Yeah, I don't. Never <laughs> heard of it, but it's got its I've own convention. I've heard of him, but I haven't read any of those books. Got its own convention. Yeah, so let's listen to that. And I remember thinking we were tremendously fucked up by that. And I remember the song that we sang as we walked down the street. Um, did he call it a shoehorn with teeth? He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. People should be locked up for stating their belief. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth. Because he knows there's no such thing. And that's What'd you think of that? Do you are you familiar with uh, either of them? I know the guys. You know, I again, that's not my genre of of. I don't read science fiction, but I know those those are big big names. And did you hear when they started singing? There was like a gasp from the audience. <laughs> you, you could tell yeah. there were people yeah. who knew that song and like. <gasps> Are, is he about to sing? And then he does, and the people join in. <laughs> is this happening? What a magical moment that was. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. <laughs> and it's it's fun. Yeah, it's almost a, like a little conversation between the two of them. And it's I mean I mean the they the they might be giants connection that I jumped on is the is Coraline written by Neil Gaiman and the you know, the songs they almost did for right, the right, movie right. and all that. And so but yeah, I I think it it's it's a fun thing to see, like, the combo of, like, yes, yeah, celebrities or whoever is so outside of kind of the music world and then realizing, like, it permeates into that kind of thing, too. And they're yeah. just as dorky. And, and I love it. It's, a, it's such a wholesome little clip that they just... And, like, that they kept going with it. It wasn't just, oh, it, shoehorn, oh, with teeth. And then they just kept going. So, yeah. yeah. It's so... It's, it's very cute. <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> The last cover, I always love a cover done by a guest on the show. And uh, Jared here did something very special. A, what, what, what year would this have been? True, 2019 I started. Uh, yeah, right before COVID, I started making these DIY music boxes. How did you get this idea? Well, it was, I had, needed a birthday present for a friend of mine. And, and I just had no idea what to give him. He's a jazz saxophone player. Okay. And I said, he loves John Coltrane, so I'll make a Giant Steps music box. There, it probably doesn't exist anywhere, so I am going to make it. <laughs> and so, you know, you can buy these online, and it comes with a, the machinery and then paper strips. And then you punch holes in the paper strips... And normally they're pre-printed with a song like Happy Birthday right. or My Heart Will Go On or <laughs> something dumb like that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to start making songs that I liked. Yeah. And so I started doing They Might Be Giant songs, TV theme songs, Nintendo 8-bit songs, you know. It was the perfect kind of old man hobby to pass the time <laughs> during COVID. That and between that and whittling. Yeah. Your, it's your it's almost like well whittling, <laughs> except with the hole punch. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, how then, painstaking is the process? Like punching it, it. I mean, it's it's uh, composing it is interesting because the box is thirty notes, 
And the middle part is chromatic, and the top and bottom are diatonic. Mm. Interesting. So there's only, you, you, you have huh. to do a lot of kind of trickery. There's only one F sharp in the entire box. So you've got uh. a song with a lot of F sharps in it. You have got to either do uh, you know scales up or or just pretend you know. So th- so I figured out all these little tricks to make it sound good on a thirty note box, and then I started uh, having my cricket cut them. A cricket is a device that crafters use to make stickers and uh, yeah. you know scrapbooking stuff, and so and then I started printing artwork on them, and so it became this kind of big thing you know i'm a videographer so i put them on youtube and people started noticing them and uh so this one shoehorn was one of the first ones that i just punched by hand started doing the cricket ones and then the latest one fingertips i did the entirety of fingertips uh illustrated so as you crank through everything is catching on fire you can unwind that one it shows it shows a picture of fire (laughs) or please pass the milk please it shows pictures of milk yeah so uh you could search music box rocks is my uh youtube channel music box rocks with an rox because that's very punk box So, and I put out the fingertips music box, it suddenly got all these comments and views, and uh, they were saying, oh, the the Johns sent me here. Oh, wow. So, yeah, They Might Be Giants put it in their email newsletter, which I don't even get. Uh, So they were, uh, they apparently thought highly of it. They retweeted it, and uh, so, but yeah, it's just one of several (laughs) Giants boxes that I've done. I did older People uh, should go look at this the fingertips one. I mean, yeah, it's over ten thousand views now, and you've got the camera so close up on it, seeing the the dots go by is, yeah, and over the pictures, it's just very, it's hypnotic. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... <laughs> is that hey now everybody? Yes. Got it there's there's everybody. Yeah, people waving. <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah. so how well how long did it take you to well let's say one that doesn't have all the pictures and everything on it pre cricket how long did it take you to make the shoehorn one That's a pretty short one Yeah um so it's just a matter of composing it in there's a website that you can plug in the notes and, okay, and it'll spit say. out kind of a PDF and then punching it that's gotcha. really the most time intensive thing and that's why I figured out the cricket because my wrists were killing me Punching mm-hmm. a thousand holes in a sheet of paper oh, would just wreck your wrist. So, uh, um, but as I said, during COVID, we had the time. So I made dozens of these, hundreds of them, really. And uh, now you can watch them all for free on going to Music Box Rocks on YouTube <laughs> and and Twitter. 
it's a very kind of soothing way to um well it's almost like when you go to there's a sushi restaurant in town that plays something that's like string quartet versions of like rock and pop songs yeah so you'll be like i know this song <laughs> it's heart-shaped box for string quartet okay like it's you're like i know what is I, it's killing me like what is it? But there's some of them where it's just like i know that tune what is it and that, that was my goal was to make music boxes for songs that would never get them. So yeah. like Van Halen's Hot for Teacher or <laughs> Thunderstruck by ACDC or... Uh, On a music box. Yeah. I mean, the one I got noticed by was uh, a wrestling one, Dan Housen. He has a, his entrance music. Let me tell you, there's no fans like wrestling fans. They are obsessed. Oh, they're crazy. And so... Uh, but yeah, Days of Our Lives theme song, you know. Oh, Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Hulu cool reached out to me and Hulu retweeted it. Wow. wow. Uh, um, the Marvel uh, fanfare, uh, Michael Giacchino reached out to me. So yeah, these p- people are finding the Curb Your Enthusiasm one. Mm-hmm. That, uh, one of my favorite theme songs of all time. <laughs> yeah, that one was perfect <laughs> on a music box. Boom, so boom. yeah, anyway. Giants just fit per- slot perfectly into this very niche art form. Yeah, and they're they're. I mean, their their early stuff especially really fits well into that because of that kind of more limited palette they were working with at the time. And I mean, they used a lot of stuff because they were really creative, but it was just two guys. So if you're thinking about like, well, let's see, I'm going to chart out. Uh, you know the Benny Goodman Orchestra doing this, be like, nah, that that would probably be a little tricky. Um, but shoehorn teeth, yeah. And their melodies are very clear. They have good melodies. That's what makes them a great band. Is that it's not just a wash of sound with some words in the middle. They're songs you can sing, even if they are about death. And there's uh, not a bunch of crazy ornamentation and stuff like that. They're very um, precise. There's not a whole lot of like. Melisma and like Mariah Carey type stuff. It's like the melodies, like yeah. you can notate it a lot easier. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, thanks for for bringing that over. That is just incredible. Zinni's gonna love to see that thing. She's gonna be like, <laughs> "What is this? Be careful!" <laughs> and now it is scoring time. I think we need to make the youth of America go first. Uh, what do you think? Shoehorn with teeth. I mean, it's great. It's a, a classic. It's a classic. Uh, I feel like I always go high on these. I'm going to give it a 7 point... No, an 8.2. 8.2. Eight nice. 8.2. All right, Jared, what do you well, think? Well, rating this song is so difficult because it's kind of like rating like the national anthem, you know, a song that every, or happy birthday, a song that everybody sings all the time. How do you rate how good that song is? You know, it's, it's tough yeah. to match it against any other, because it is very anthemic. It is. So looking at it as a work of art is kind of difficult, but, uh, but it is good. It's distinct orchestration. The lyrics are awesome. Everybody seems to love it, so yeah. it's definitely an eight for me. Straight eight. Yeah, Shoehorn, um, yeah, where did it land on the uh, rankings on the wiki? 
It's 268 out of 910. So yeah, it's a very loved song, but it's not like the hit. It's funny that they've played it on TV, you know, more than once. Because, um, you know, it's not Anna Ng, it's not Dr. Worm, but it is a classic. It is beloved by all, like you said. It's, uh, I'm just stalling. I think I got to go 7.9. Nice. I'm just going to go right under that because I think... Yeah, it's 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 right there. I mean, it's part of just it just such you know my second favorite album by them. I mean, Lincoln is just perfection, up and down. And for an album to end, I mean, you got shoehorn, kiss me, son of God. I mean, the the, the album is so good yeah. that like a song near the very end of this very many many tracked album uh, is still just so amazing. So, yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so we plugged your uh, music box one, but that you have that other, the other YouTube channel is you too, right? It's the, the same channel. I just changed the name of it. Just changed the name. Okay. So Beatles Projects was my pre-pandemic creative outlet, and after COVID, it's Music Boxes. Gotcha. Uh, anything else to plug? No. All right. And Alex has uh, sarcasm, and it's our. Sarcasm, yeah. sarcasm, like a chasm in the earth. Sarcasm.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Anything else to tell uh, the people about? I mean, you're getting Team BG sets ready. Are there? Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll what else going we'll on? be at Fest in Gainesville, Florida, in the last weekend of October. Uh, we're playing a normal set. We're playing a They Might Be Giants set. Uh, we're playing with can you make sure that gets filmed yes i will make sure i believe it is the that audio the last set of that fast weekend i think we go on at 12 30 a.m sunday the oh yeah night after sunday so everyone's just they're full of steam yeah you know just rearing yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be higher it's gonna be fun uh oh it's gonna be awesome yeah we're we're just otherwise we're doing stuff uh I would just, if you haven't checked out the covers comp we did back in 2021 with Shannon from Awake But Still in Bed, you can listen to that on our band camp too. A bunch of They Might Be Giant stuff and all that good things. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Alex, it was great to talk yeah. to you again uh, via video and Jared coming to the studio again. We had you pre COVID. We've had, I won't <laughs> say past COVID because I don't think there's ever going to be a, you know, post COVID where it's just call you know, it semi normal. It's yeah. Just, you know, the world as <laughs> it is always just at least a little bit on fire. So, um, yeah. Thanks again, guys. And uh, I think we'll call it a night because that was a doozy. He wants a shoehorn, the kind with teeth Cause he knows there's no such thing